You are now listening to the QD Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in What's up, everybody? You are listening to the QE Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Ega on the other line. Ega, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today. We got our NFL talk. Y'all know we give our previous takes on last week, and we got our upcoming takes for the week to follow. Uh, College basketball just started, so we'll give a few takes on teams and players to look out for. Uh, The NBA, we got a few topics on that, and we know you know we're going to hit y'all with the current events, entertainment, all that type of stuff. So fun episode. We're getting real deep into the sports world now later in the year. Exactly. College football was a lot happening. Alabama ended up going down to LSU big week. Again. Tennessee Tennessee ended up falling to Georgia. We got a lot to talk about when you talk about college football, too, because it started to get spicy with new yeah. teams. Last year, we thought we reached the pinnacle with Cincinnati making it. But now we got like a TCU could potentially make it. Uh, then you got the usual suspects with like George and everybody else. So we're going to talk about the newest college football playoff rankings as well. But you already know we got to start it off with the NFL. And I had to start it off with a take first, bro. Because I'm looking around the NFL right now. And I, I watched the Bills versus Jets game. And I watched the Chiefs versus the Titans. And I just, I was telling myself, bro, I said, neither of these teams are going to make the Super Bowl. Both of these teams have gaping holes. And I don't think. They're going to be their quarterbacks are going to be enough to overcome the holes that they have. Somebody out of the AFC and the NFC will surprise us. It's going to be a surprise team. It's not going to be the usual suspects that we are expecting to make the Super Bowl. So, Edgar, do you think this is the most wide open season that we've seen in recent years? I would say yes. I know the Bengals surprised a lot of people last season. Nobody coming into the season until like past the halfway point took Cincinnati seriously. So I don't think there were multiple teams like that last year. Cincinnati was the only team I think that shocked everybody. But this year you got the Vikings. Seattle is a big contender in the NFC right now. Crazy as hell. Like they actually have a chance to at least pull off one upset in the playoffs so seattle's looking good in the nfc the eagles are still undefeated i know people knocking their schedule saying they schedule cake as hell it's hard as hell to go undefeated in any professional sport i do not care and then in the afc uh who we got the titans like you said um they led the afc last year they were the afc on conference leaders but Mm -hmm. they still fell through but they have a chance with the way they played tough against the Chiefs, the Dolphins the teams, are looking the scary. Teams, I, that's what I was just going to bring up. The teams I'm talking about when I bring up wide open are not the usual suspects or the favorites that we have right now. So I'm talking about a team like the Dolphins, like the Chargers who are having a quietly good season, like the a team that we're just not thinking about that's just like, damn, that's going but to I don't think nobody's thinking the about the Titans. I don't think nobody's thinking about the Titans. Even though I they made the AFC one, yeah. in the record last year, I think we just knew they weren't going to be the team. Regular season, yeah, the Titans probably had the best record or one of the top two best mm-hmm. records, but we knew what team was going to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though it ended up being the Bengals, we knew what teams to expect to make the Super Bowl. So I, I think now, to your point, it is more wide open. The Titans could have a legit shot. You know, the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Tua connecting the way they are, like, they have a great shot right now. The the Jets may not get to that point, but they could pull off a playoff upset. 
the Jets mm-hmm. and the Giants are two teams we cannot sleep on late into the season now. We're past the halfway point. We're nine games soon to be in the week 10 now. So this is the time where this isn't a contender or pretender conversation anymore. We know who's who at this mm-hmm. point. And I think it's safe to say a lot of teams we expected to be pretenders are damn near contenders at this point. Yeah. And I'm looking at the real contenders. Like I said, the Bills, I watched them play against the Jets, bro. And it's just like, once again, the same problems that we had with them even last year and then earlier this season, running the ball is still an issue. And Josh Allen has become a huge concern for me. I don't know if it's a midseason low for him, if he's just going with the flow right now. But he looks like he's reverting back to the old Josh Allen with some of the picks that he's throwing. I'm not liking how they're looking as an offense anymore. The defense still gives me confidence for the Bills. But offensively, they're not popping on all cylinders like I think they should. Like the last couple of weeks, I forgot who they who did the Bills play last week, bro? Who did the Bills play last week? Last week. Damn, who they played last week. They almost lost last week. Damn, they just played the Jets. Damn, who did they play last week, bro? It I'll was two it weeks. It was two weeks in a row where them boys was slipping. Damn, you can go ahead. I look it up though. Yeah, but the last couple of weeks, Josh Allen just hasn't looked sharp. I think he's falling to second. The behind Packers. Hurts. It was the Packers. Like the Packers. They didn't look sharp against the Packers. Even Josh Allen, even though they won handily, Josh Allen just isn't looking sharp like you would expect him to be going into a season where everybody's predicting him to be the Super Bowl favorite, the MVP. He's just not looking sharp. He's like 2018 Josh Allen with the type of picks he's throwing. And even looking at the the Titans and the Chiefs game, the Chiefs just aren't the overbearing presence like they were in years past. They're very beatable. And especially when they go up against teams like the Titans who run the ball heavily, that is their weakness. If you got a team with Derrick Henry, you can run the ball down their throat, that is a weakness for them. The defense still has holes. The offense, honestly... It's still like a work in progress for me. I know a lot of people say that it's an improvement over last year. It's still a a lot to be seen with that offense. But you still have Patrick Mahomes, so a lot of people still believe. But with the top two contenders in the AFC, I'm just not believing like I was earlier in the season that this is going to be the conference championship. Like, I don't feel that way anymore. I think a team like the Dolphins is going to come and take the Super Bowl spot. Like, that's how I'm feeling right now. I got more confidence in them than I do the, the favorites. I don't think it'll be the Bills and Chiefs again. I, I can agree with that. We'll definitely get one of those teams will get knocked off. I don't know who at the moment, but I don't think it's going to be what we're used to seeing at this point. Um, I think the Chiefs still have a stronger chance than the Bills just because I don't see where the Chiefs have really dramatically fell off. Like they mm-hmm. lost Tyreek Hill and their offense still looks crazy, bro. Hardman has stepped up. Juju looks, but you like see a that. They, but the of offense just isn't. Expo- Look at what happened on Sunday, bro. You, you, we can speak about all the weapons, but what did they really do against a team with no quarterback? They played against a team against the Titans. Malik Willis threw six passes, and the Chiefs had the ball. Felt like the whole goddamn game. They only put up seventeen points and had to win in overtime. That's a huge credit to the Titans' defense, but those weapons say, were not to be found. But those weapons, where were they? We can talk about Kelsey. We can talk about Juju. We can talk about uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, the new running back Pacheco. They were getting limited, shut down, even Mahomes. So it's like these, they are not as explosive as they were in years past. They're not as scary as they were in years past. Where I can just say, like, they're definitely going to be there at the end. I don't know. I really don't. I, I would have more faith in them than the Bills at this point. We're used to seeing the 
the Chiefs' defense be askew all the time. So that's not a surprise to me. And I don't think one game or even two games throughout this season where they didn't perform as expected, I don't think that's enough to make us worry. But the Bills, on the other hand, their running game has been a worry the entire season. You know, Josh Allen over the last few games, especially the last two, like you just said, he hasn't looked like himself. Now he's injured. He has a UCL injury, I believe, That's in his true. elbow yeah. or arm. Mm-hmm. Who's going to – how's the quarterback situation? I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for the Bills at this moment. But that that's something that we're going to have to look into as we get later in the season. And they have a they have a home game coming up, but it's against the Vikings, who only have one loss. So <laughs> that that's going to be an interesting game to where they could lose at home against a team that could be a Super Bowl team. So it, it's a I'm lot saying. to be seen with the Bills. But I think the Chiefs are still running like the well-oiled engine we're used to seeing. They just may not be as explosive, as dominant, but they're still winning football games, and they still look like the Chiefs. Mm, I don't know, bro. I got more confidence in them Dolphins. Like I said, the Chargers, they've been one of the most unhealthy teams this whole season. But when you look at the standings, they're still five and three. They're still in it after everything. After all of they the They find their ways to win. Ke- exactly. Keenan Allen is coming back soon. Mike Williams is going to come back. Like they're out there with no real veteran receivers. And they're getting it done. <laughs> they're getting it done. Defense is holding up. So they're getting W's throughout these injuries. So as a team, what we still got to look out for, the Dolphins is a team for me. And flipping it over to the NFC, bro, I think we have to cool it on the Eagles. I think the Eagles can still be the favorite in the NFC, but I don't think we should just be like, okay, we could just put them in the Super Bowl conversation. It's like, it's still a lot to be seen in terms of playoff reputation with the Steelers that we still have to overcome with Jalen Hurts I think that's the next step for him because regular season I don't even see their next loss during the regular season honestly and so I don't even question that they're going to have a good record they're going to be 13 and 0 I don't see a loss until very late into the season so I think they're going to have a great regular season but in the playoffs that's when I wonder do the teams with the experience like a San Francisco and the, the teams like the who else in the uh the the Rams, or some, uh, not the Rams, because the Rams ain't going to make the playoffs. Seahawks. But yeah, Seahawks, do they give them problems? Because like you said, with the schedule, a lot of people are questioning it because is it more so of the team they're playing or is it just they're just so dominant? Like, I don't know what it is with the Eagles, but I'm just not overly convinced that they're just this unbeatable team in the NFC, this unbeatable force. I think a team like San Francisco matches up very well with them, a team like uh, – Seahawks matches very well with them. So I just can't put them in that conversation like they're just the overall favorite, even though they're going to have a great regular season. I'm just, I'm just not going to put them in the, the championship game. It's still a lot to be seen from them as well. So that's why I, say, I still think it's very wide open. I, it's not going to end how we expect. I truly do not believe that. And that's why I started the episode off with this. I don't think it's going to end how we think. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll end. What what regardless of who we pick, I don't think it's gonna end how anybody predicts. I think because what did you pick last week? Because what uh, we talked about Super Bowl matchups last week. We did. Yeah, we talked about mid-season Super Bowl matchups. Mid-season Super Bowl. I think you did. I think you just did the basic Bills versus uh, Bills versus Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I had Chargers and Bucks, but I said as of right now, I'll go with the Bills and the um. And the uh chargers, not chargers, bills and the um Eagles. Eagles, like you yeah. just said. So I would still have the Eagles as the favorite. Bills, Bills are still the best team. Josh Allen is down now, like I just said. But I, I feel in in the AFC, I think it's I mean, you just talked about the Chiefs, so it's like 
Are they? But Josh Allen proving his MVP case, he's getting it done still. The Chiefs as a Is whole, he? as a as a whole team, they look better than the Bills. But I think what Josh Allen has been doing this season with the Bills, plus their defense being as top-notch as it is, I think that's what still may give them the it factor edge over the Chiefs. When it just comes to complete teams, I think the Chiefs still have the better overall team. So mm, I think – I don't know, bro. Because I, I was so high on Josh Allen, but these last couple of weeks, he's just – and it's just not that he's throwing picks. It's like they're just bad picks, bro. Like picks mm-hmm. that at this point in his career, he just shouldn't be throwing. These mistakes just shouldn't be coming along. You know what I'm saying? I understand the the the, the elbow injury happened later in the game. These problems were happening earlier before the injury even happened. So I'm concerned about the, the Bills offense, bro. They already couldn't run. And with Josh Allen's going to keep with the up and down play like he has the past couple of weeks, I'm concerned, bro. I'm very concerned. And moving on to a team that uh, we mentioned before, the Bears versus the Dolphins game. That was one of the most exciting games of the year, bro. I wanted to right. talk about this matchup because Justin Fields, bro, the past few weeks – he been looking like that dude, bro. And I know I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan, but talking about that 2020 uh, NFL draft class, or was it 2019? He has been the best quarterback in that draft class. That draft class had Lawrence, it had Mills, it had Mac Jones. Over these past few weeks, jo- uh, Justin Fields, especially with less weapons, he has still has no weapons over there other than None David Montgomery. And he's well, he just got chased. He oh, yeah, he just chased. got chased. And he's still making it shake over there, bro. Going toe-to-toe with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have the most explosive offense in the NFL right now. And he's going toe-to-toe with them, bro. Like, that game was so amazing to watch because seeing his progression is just so exciting because you see how many doubters he had. Like, people were questioning if he was going to be the quarterback for the Bears next season. So to see him playing at such a high level, he broke Michael Vick's record for single-game uh uh, rushing yards for a single for a game, yeah, like that's that's some dope shit to see. Was he has so many doubters and he's proving himself, and he still has no weapons left. I mean, the Bears in the offseason are going to have the most cap space to add to this arsenal. They're going to have a lot of draft picks. So next season, we can really come into the uh, the year saying like the Bears should be a team to watch out for with the free agency acquisitions and with the draft capital that they have. The Bears are just an exciting team for me, bro. I'm really liking what I see. I just really want them to, like you said, build around Justin Fields. Um, As exciting as they played, I still got to see him really get into quarterback mode. And there's still a lot of plays where he just scrambles to the outside in like less than two seconds after the ball snaps. And I'm like, that's not going to last long, bro. Because even Lamar Jackson, you know, he's to a point now where it's like he takes at least like three, four. And then by that fourth second, he's like, okay, nobody's open. Now I'm Mm -hmm. going. It's almost still as if, unless Justin Fields know exactly or, who's going to be open, he's mm, running like two seconds after the snap. So. Yeah, and I think that has something to do with his Ohio State days, being that they were such a spread offense. He really only had to look at one read. If that read wasn't open, right. he was running. That read ain't open, he gone. Exactly, and I think he still has that mindset in the NFL. So that's something that he does still have to improve. And I think something like the, the lack of wide receivers is also a problem that has that it has its hand and why he does that as well. Cause he's just like, I believe I don't believe these niggas gonna get open. I'm just gonna run that motherfucker. <laughs> like it just don't matter to him no more. So it could be that, but I do agree with when it comes to progressions, he still has to improve. But with the lack of weapons and with that still holding him back, and he's still doing this, 
I right. mean, the past few weeks, they've been they've been one of the best scoring offenses over the past three, four weeks. I mean, and they played against good defenses. They played against the Cowboys. They played against uh, – I'm blanking on another defense that he played. It was another good defense that he played during that stretch. I'm like, they, they – I'm telling you, bro, Justin Fields is going to be all right in this league, bro. He's going to be all right. I was just excited with what I seen, bro. And the Dolphins played play good the as well. Few weeks. They played – I know Washington was in there because I remember they lost to Washington. They played Washington, the Patriots, the Cowboys. The Patriots, the that Dolphins. was the other team. That was the other – now, that one surprised me because obviously that's Bill yeah. Belichick. Bill Belichick usually shut all that shit down and he put and up they 34. won on the road too. Exactly. They, the they won 34 to 13 against Bill Belichick. And then he came out next week and put on a show against the Cowboys and then did this against the Dolphins. So it's like he's putting together a run right now that's making you feel confident. Like you said, he still has a lot of improvement, but already with what I'm seeing, I'm excited for it, bro. Like I said, uh, but uh, flipping it to the other side, what have you really seen from the Dolphins that really gives you the most confidence that they can really contend with uh, a Bills or Chiefs later down the line? Uh, big plays. They're one of the best teams when it comes to big plays this season. Of course, Tyreek Hill, he just reached 1,000 yards, uh, I want to say quicker than any receiver in football history. He reached oh, it in nine games. So uh, shout out to him. He could be on track to damn near touching two if he keep playing the way he's playing. Oh, I thought you was about to say some shit. Okay, I thought you was about to say something. No, no, no. He damn near <laughs> could touch two, but... But then that that all goes into how much they play once they find out they play off spot and everything. But um, big plays. I think that's what's going to keep the Dolphins in it. I don't think they're any more articulate with the ball. I don't think they're any more better situationally than other good teams in the AFC. I just think when it comes down to it, if you need that extra 20, 30 yards on the third and long or something, I think the Dolphins are one of the best teams at that. So mm-hmm. that, that'll keep them in games a lot of times. Yeah. I just have to see this team. The only thing I'm worried about, I have to see this team in the cold weather, see how if Tua can throw the same. Because mm-hmm. obviously in this Miami weather, everything looks easy easy. because obviously you got the sun outside. But when you go to up north, uh, like Buffalo in December, you go to Kansas City say, in it's December, snowing and, shit. and it's snowing, <laughs> how translatable are those skills to that type of weather? I want to see their running game really come to light. Obviously their offense is explosive because you got – two demons with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but with uh, Raheem Mostert, with Jeff Wilson, I would like to see them pick it up to pick up the running game over the last couple of weeks. Cause you're going to have to run the ball, bro. And when you up in uh Buffalo in January, you up in Kansas city, that's how you get over the top because these plays, these big plays are going to get limited. Cause they're going to lock in at Tyreek. He going to get, he's not going to have as many big plays. So that's something that I would like to see continuously improve. It has been improving for the, the, the Dolphins, but I would like to see it improve even more because that's something that has to be there come playoff time. But I agree with you, bro. Big plays is number one. You, you know what would be cool? I don't know if any players do this or not when it comes to the NFL, but and, and it's it's not that many places in the world during the summer or during the spring or whatever that you can do it. But during the spring or the summer, if you pick one of the locations on earth that are just always cold, like if you play for the Dolphins or if you play for the Bucks or uh, the Chargers, like teams that are used to playing in hot weather, 90% of their schedule, they should take like a week or two just being in a cold environment when it's the springtime mm. or the summertime as part of their training. So that way they get used to waking up going to sleep, waking up again, and it's just cold all the time. 
and then come back and then enjoy the rest of their, you know, the rest of their off season or whatever and get back to training in their normal weather. Could mm-hmm. you risk having a little cold every now and then because you're switching temperatures so much? Probably. But I think if you're a team like the Dolphins and you're used to playing in 90 to 85 degree weather all the time during the off season and taking two weeks to go to Alaska or go to, you know, just to, the to get used to it, yeah. just to get used to it, even mm-hmm. if it ain't snowing, just something less than 50 degrees every other day or yeah. every day. I feel like that would be a good training. It would help. But like bro. I said, some players probably do it. Cause bro, you're going to have to go whether the bills fall off or whatever, if they drop in the rankings and the dolphins get number one, like that's the only way I can continuously say like, okay, the dolphins going to be all right. Cause if they get the number one seed in the AFC, it's going to be like, okay, y'all going to be in Miami the whole time. It's okay. But right. as it stands right now, y'all going to have to go to Kansas City or y'all going to have to go to Buffalo. And both of those places get cold as hell and they start to snow. And I don't know. And I, that's why I think we haven't seen real Miami playoff success in so long. Obviously, the, the roster construction has been trash. But like teams like the 2011 Dolphins, where they were pretty good, but we didn't see any, them do anything in the playoffs. We haven't seen the Dolphins do anything in the playoffs since what, like 1972, where they was like undefeated? Like, that was it. Like, when the last time the Dolphins was good in the playoffs? Like. That's another reason because they're just so used to playing in this weather the whole type of season. Then when they get in that cold weather where it's like, damn, nigga, this shit different. Like, that shit, <laughs> hey, that shit kind of wild. Like, they don't know how to react to it. So I agree. Like, something like that in the offseason would be dope. But they don't have that now. It's like, you got to get used to it on the fly. So I feel like yep. playing those type of scenes, like, later in the season would be helpful. Like, just to say, like, how they can get accustomed to it. But. I like the Dolphins, bro. I like the Dolphins a lot. I think their defense still hasn't improved because their defense still has a lot of holes. Because like we just talked about with Justin Fields, he was running all over them on Sunday. So their defense still has a lot of improvements. Because like I said, nobody in the NFL has no holes where I'm just like, oh, they're just completely complete. The closest team to that is probably the Eagles where I'm like, they're the most complete. Everybody else, I'm I'm seeing a gaping hole on all of these teams. You know, barring injury, the 49ers are like that too. Outside of but injury. the injuries are really hurting them right now. But the, the even with Jimmy G at quarterback, right I'm like, man, when healthy, I don't see nobody stepping to the 49ers, bro. Because Jimmy Jesus has to not fuck up. That's the only. But thing we say Jimmy that all the time, and he usually do. fucks up. We say but, that all the time, this he usually season. fucks up. Not, not this season. It's the though. regular season, bro. It's the regular season. Nah, though. nah, I, we, I can't do we, that. We, 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 we know that. what he does during the regular. He wins because we talked about it before. He wins seventy percent percent of his games. But when that playoffs, because what happened last year? Didn't he win folded. last year? He he folded like laundry, but he did fold. <laughs> he he they did, but, but he got Green further Bay, than expected. Yeah, he, he beat Green Bay, Bay, but he folded in. Uh, he folded against the Rams because they should have beat the Rams too because that defense was coming through clutch. But Jimmy G was folding his ass off. But yeah, man. But, it's but just it, at that point, at that point, it was Matt Stafford with a ton of weapons versus Jimmy G with a ton of weapons. It was quarterback versus quarterback when it when it really came down to it. And we know Matt Stafford is better situationally than Jimmy G and just overall better. So I, mm-hmm. I can't totally blame him for that because it's not like he just gave the Rams the game, but mm-hmm. it just came down to who had the better quarterback in the last few minutes of the game. So yeah. But the 49ers still got a lot of injuries on that defensive side of the ball. But it's crazy because I'm still confident in what they have offensively. I had a Christian McCaffrey, yep. bro. I, I know he's a, such a big name. Some people call him overrated. But I think that is such a huge acquisition, especially when you have Jimmy G. But now you got Debo. Now you got Ayuk. Now you got Kittle. You still got Kittle. He goes so forgotten when you talk about tight end. He still got Kittle. 
Like they got a squad, my nigga. I'm like, they're gonna be there at the right. end, bro. They're gonna be there. Moving on to the next topic, I got when is it time to believe in the Vikings, bro? They're seven and one now, but I still feel like the doubt is still out there. Like, them niggas ain't for real. The same thing with the Eagles, they get the same criticism of them niggas ain't played nobody. They, they just winning against teams that just asked. When is it when is it time to believe in the Vikings? Or will that Kirk Cousins presence always hold us back from really jumping on that bandwagon? I, I think it's time to believe in them right now. Like, what other time? We didn't expect them to be good. Now they're exceeding our expectations. Now people want to say, well, they ain't really playing nobody. We didn't expect them to be anybody. <laughs> so we cannot expect the team to be anything. And then when they are the most of something, we're like, mm, they ain't really playing nobody for real. We ain't expect them to be no damn body. So Actually, y'all did. Y'all did expect them to win. Because oh, y'all well, had him first. I, I do. Y'all had him first in the uh, NFC North. I've been believing in the Vikings for a minute. I've been telling y'all the Vikings are the most interesting team to watch. But majority of people out there, they're looking at the Vikings like, mm, they're just Aaron Rodgers' sons. We already know what time <laughs> it is when it comes to that. And Kirk Cousins, he always fold on primetime football. But this season, bro, we got to believe in them. That's why I said this, this ain't the time to call people pretenders or contenders halfway no more we know who's who we know who are fully contenders and we know who are fully pretenders like a team like the cardinals cardinals are pretenders i'm not worried at all about the cardinals but though that's a team that's a team that's not even probably not even going to make the playoffs do we truly True. know who contenders and pretenders are though i think yeah, it still I, remains I to so. be seen bro right right I now think we it know it still remains to be seen it remains to be seen i like, i think we know i think it, i think it remains to be seen when, when it comes to Super Bowl, like when it yeah. comes to playoffs, that's what I'm talking sure about. No, oh, yeah, playoffs. What, I'm talking about Super Bowl. Like, do yeah, we Super Bowl, really I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, Giants pretenders, no diss to them at all. They got, oh, yeah, they the don't year got right enough. Now. They don't got enough. Giants are playing great, they're playing better than we expected. So, we have to put the word great on that. But they're pretenders, Jets playing great, but they're pretenders, Seahawks pretenders. I like mm -hmm. what I like the competitive spirit they have and everything. But they're pretenders. Uh, Rams, they're they'll make the, make the playoffs, but they're are pretenders. they? Yeah, they're. Oh well, damn. Right. Nah, not really. The 49ers and the Seahawks. Yeah, they not. Damn, they might not make it. They not gonna. Make damn, it. Bucks. I gotta call the Bucks pretenders right now. Yeah, so, for sure. It, it, it's I, a lot of teams I can say who are pretenders. But, it's a, but we can we can continuously go up that list, so we can touch a team like the Vikings, and it's an argument to be made. They are pretenders because of who is that quarterback. And that's why people will say the same thing about San Francisco about, damn, they good. They got a good squad. They got all these weapons. But people will still say they're pretenders because they who they have at quarterbacks. Because this is Super Bowl contenders. This ain't just about making playoffs or who's going to make it deep. Yeah. This is about Super Bowl contenders. Who, who do you really believe that's uh, actually going to get there? The 49ers have shown us they can make it. In the last four years, they've made the Super Bowl. Last four to five mm -hmm. years, they made the Super Bowl. So they've proven that they can at least get there, even if they don't win. It's these other teams like the Vikings and the Eagles and stuff, regardless of the records that we have to look at. 49ers have already proved it. They didn't win it, but they at least can say, hey, we got there. Out of all of us here, the, us, the Bucks, and the Rams, and I forgot what other NFC team went recently, but they, they proved that they're in the upper echelon. So I ain't too worried mm -hmm. about whether they're contenders or not. I want to believe in the Vikings. Y'all heard me last week, man. I wanted to hop on the Vikings bandwagon after the Hawkinson trade. And then I watched the game this week against Washington, and I was still held back. 
Yes, they ended up coming back to beat the damn Washington football team. But I was like, it's it's just something about this team that I can't completely jump on. It's like the defense is solid. It's enough, just but, Kirk, bro. But, but no, nah, but even That's the secondary, I still question, bro. Like, it's not just Kirk, because I think Kirk can spread the ball around enough. It's like in a Jimmy G way where he can spread it out, because you got enough weapons, like we talked about last week. Yeah. It's on him to raise to the level, but I think he could pull a Jimmy G and do enough. But even with the secondary, I think the secondary still has to be shored up more. It's still questions with the, the Vikings that I'm not all the way on with. So you see the 7-1 record, and you say, oh, they have to be contenders, but I'm I'm not on that. I don't think they're as good as what their record says. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give them that excuse, or I'm not gonna say what everybody else is saying that they haven't played anybody because they're beating the team that are on their schedule. And that's credit to them. But I just and don't they play think the Bills good. this week. Yeah, they play the and that's Bills, gonna so. that's gonna be yeah. a real test <laughs> because they're playing all these teams. Like Washington should have won on Sunday, but the Vikings did what they did. They playing a real team like this. This is the measuring stick game for the the Vikings right now. Especially with the Bills struggling the way they are, we expected this to be a neck and neck matchup. It's like, all right, Vikings, this is the time. For, this is your statement win time to make everybody really convinced that this is the team that can actually make a Super Bowl run. So this game against the Bills is going to be huge when you talk about believing in the Vikings, and I wouldn't believe they, in them just yet. They beat um they beat the Packers first game of the season, but the Packers uh, the Packers just lost to the Lions, bro. But, like, are we feeling for real? It's Aaron Rodgers, and it was the first game of the season. Like, hey. even with Aaron Rodgers not having that many weapons, it was a lot of people that picked Green Bay to win that game. So they mm-hmm. they surprised everybody, I think. And the one team you played is the Eagles. And yeah. you played the Eagles and got thumped. So the one team like you but the Eagles were undefeated. The one but team I'm saying, you, you but I'm saying, but go nobody. through the rest of that schedule, bro. Go through the rest of that schedule. Go through the rest of that schedule. They beat the Lions. It's the Lions. Tough division game. Don't do that, bro. It's the Lions. <laughs> they're, they're one of the highest scoring teams. Bro, in the no, no, bro. I'm not gonna Man. let you get that off. They beat the Saints on the road. Jameis was playing. Just want to put that out there. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's a good deal. <laughs> Just because Jameis was playing. <laughs> uh, the Bears trash. Uh, they beat the Dolphins. That was a um good deal. Okay. on the road at that. Okay, that's um, a good deal. Okay, I'll give you that one. That's a good deal. But was that without? Was that without Tua? Damn, that might have been without two. Ooh, yeah, that was that was, was mid October. That yep, was that was without yeah. two. Oh, see, look. And they beat the Cardinals, but I don't think D Hop was. D Hop one. Because that's that's why we have these questions, bro. Because the one team that you we can all say you played a playoff team in the Eagles, you 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 got your ass clapped. You played that's against true. the Dolphins, no two. You playing against division rivals like the Packers, who aren't good. The Lions aren't good, even though they can put up points. And then you played against Washington. Washington had a, 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 a two-game winning streak, so this is one of their better wins on the schedule. But it's not going to have us believing that you're the team to really beat or the contending team that we want you to beat. So I but think we're going to find out. We're going to oh for sure. And then oh, in the next four weeks, we not just this game, oh, okay, they, bro. They might have the, the toughest four-game stretch throughout the rest of November, bro. These boys got to play the Bills on the road. Mm. They got the Cowboys at home. Mm. They got the Patriots at home. Okay. And then they got the Jets at home to start off December. Those they next four games, bro. We're going to find out about the Vikings. We're going to find out about the Vikings. Bro. And they're going one and three. They're going to lose to the Jets, too. Oh, hell no. They they're probably, they they probably going to beat the Patriots. But I'm about to say, I got them over the Patriots. I low-key got them over the Jets, too. 
I like how them Jets look at. Shout out to Robert that, that Sala. Cowboys game, the Bills and the Cowboys, they may get two back-to-back L's, but now I think they're going to get two back-to-back dubs with um with the Patriots and the Jets. Yeah, they got a squad, but not yet, Vikings, not yet. Moving on to some other news in the NFL. We got Jeff Saturday became the new Colts head coach after Frank Reich was fired. After four years with the team, obviously we know with the Colts, they couldn't figure out that quarterback position. Over the past few years, they had Carson Wentz, they had Matt Ryan, they had Phillip Rivers. Even though a couple of those teams ended up making the playoffs, they just couldn't figure it out who was going to be the next guy. They haven't found their future. The quarterback that they currently have, Sam Ellinger, he is not that guy. So, it's just a lot of turmoil at that quarterback position, and that really derailed the trajectory that it looked like the Colts were on. It looked like they were back after Andrew Luck, but they could never figure it out. So here we are. But the Jeff Saturday pickup just surprised me because he was just talking on Get Up like two weeks yeah. ago. So now he's about to go from like the, the 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 NFL studio to like actually being a coach. That shit is crazy to me. I don't think he has any like coaching experience. I think, I think he coached like, maybe high, high school. school or yeah, something. Yeah, high school. Yeah. But shit, for an NFL head coaching job, yeah. that, that don't even count. But you for played real. in the NFL, so you know how this shit go though. Mm, Especially when you are you have know, been a bro. leader among men, bro. Like nigga played with Peyton Manning, bro. I think he can coach. Frank, um, Frank Vrabel for um the Titans, even he had to go through some coaching positions before he just became a head coach. And I think he got a um a ring. I think Vrabel got a ring, or at least as a, a player, a well, a well career, as a player. But but that's what I'm saying though. It's like even Vrabel, as great of a player he was, he still had to get some type of coaching practice. Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay, like smaller coaching positions, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. like assistant positions, oh, coordinator yeah. positions. Now he's the head coach. Jeff Saturday, like you just said, two weeks ago, he was on Get Up. Now, all of a sudden, he's the head coach. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. He used to play for them. He's a pro bowler. He's a Hall of Famer, all of that. Mm-hmm. But no no coaching experience is like, I think they're just doing it just to fill the interim spot. I don't know if it'll yeah. lead to him being there long term. But I, I think just it could potentially. And I think that's why they did it in the midseason. That's why they got rid of Frank Wright, just to see if, Jeff Saturday can be the guy if he can uh, be the leader among men. So this is going to be the coaching experience for him. So he's going to get thrown right into the line of fire. Fuck all that assistant bullshit. You're the head coach. Can you lead this team to something? Can you show us some type of promise? And I think that's why they put him in this position. He will, He has been a consultant with the team, I've heard. So he's been consulting with Frank Wright, with the owner. And the owner likes him. Now, I think this was a, that was a big reason why he ended up getting this position uh, the owner really moves off of relationships. So whoever he likes, whoever he has a relationship with, that's who he's going to pick as his next head coach. And I think that's why we've seen this pairing. That's why we see him come out of the studio to being a head coach because he had that relationship built in. And he's been around the team still over the years since he's retired. So they're just like, okay, we're going to give you a shot right now. Even though you have no experience, we're going to give you a shot. Just like the Nets with uh, what, what, what my man, Steve with uh, Steve Nash. It's like, Okay, you have no experience, but we're going to throw you into the line of fire. With Steve Nash, we see how that shit ended. That nigga was not it. So we're going to see if Jeff if Saturday but, falls under the pressure or if he can lead this team to something. But Steve Nash also didn't play for the Nets at all, and he had no yeah. inside connections for real other than just being Steve Nash. But, but to that's your the point, point of him not doing anything yeah. to being a head coach. It's like that's the point I'm making of like – At okay, least Jeff we, Saturday was in the room. At least he's a yeah. former player. Like he he knows a lot of them on a first name basis. I'm sure he got full 
clearance to go and up let's into be that honest. stadium if you want. So. And let's be honest. A lot of these uh, coaches in the NFL get their names or get these jobs because of the names that they were associated with. Like, I can tell you a lot of people, a lot of coaches that got jobs because they were associated with Peyton Manning. They were associated with Mahomes. They were associated with Aaron Rodgers. And they get jobs because of that. So another reason why he got the job is because his name is associated with Peyton Manning. He was his center for his entire career. And that's another reason why I think Peyton Manning could potentially be closer to this team now. People are saying that he could potentially be a, a offensive coordinator. I, don't, I wouldn't take it that far. But just him being closer to the team because Jeff Saturday is a part of it, I think that's something that the Colts wanted, and that's why they gave him this position as well. So, I don't know. It could be something. But we see this all the time with just your name being associated with greatness and you getting a job. So we can't be surprised with Jeff Saturday when he is – when it's basically the same thing with him. His name is associated with greatness with Peyton Manning. He got a job because of it. Okay. It happens to most of the people in the NFL. But it depends what you're going to do with this opportunity, though. Because if you falter under this opportunity, it's like, oh, oh well, I guess you're gonna be, uh, I guess you're gonna be back in Get Up Studio next uh, next year. You feel what I'm saying? But if he does something, if he gives this team a, a, a four and four edge, if they go four and four for the rest of the season, it's like, okay, they weren't good, doing that great with a backup quarterback. He went four and four. He has some promise. We can roll with him for next season. That's what we have to see, though. I just don't know. Nobody knows. So, I think it's interesting to see. Moving on to our week. 10 preview and picks of the week, man. What's the best games this week, man? Uh, let's see. Let's see. The Vikings and the Bills, like we was just talking about. I know Josh Allen isn't playing most likely, but I think it was. Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen not playing? He got a UCL injury. Shit, it sounds like. I thought he was playing through the shit. Oh, I don't know. Well, Josh Allen either finna be playing hurt or he ain't playing at all. So the Vikings, I think that helps them. And I, I think it's gonna help make it a more interesting game because oh, if Josh wow. Allen's healthy, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Bills. But once again, the, the Vikings that, getting let off the yeah. hook. <laughs> hey. The niggas getting let off the hook because the take, take the Dubs where you can, bro. <laughs> take the Dubs where you can. You still gotta win at it because if they lose, that's right. That's if they right. lose, we're gonna be like, see, they can't even beat the Bills without Josh Allen. But it's a double edged sword. It's a double edged sword for sure. It's a double edged sword. That Seahawks and Bucks game, um, in Germany, that's gonna be a good one, bro. That's gonna be good. The Bucks feeling good off of a um snapping that losing streak after beating the Rams at the crib. Seahawks on a good run. That's gonna be a good game, bro. We're gonna talk about that because I don't know. I, I still gotta talk about that. Uh what else we got? We got Chargers versus 49ers. Hopefully yeah, Keenan Allen can come back for that game, bro. That's Sunday night football, too. Hopefully Keenan Allen can be back. So Justin Herbert can have some more weapons. Jesus. It was hard to watch that Chargers and Falcons game because it, it was like he wasn't throwing to nobody but number five. What's number five named Palmer? He was throwing to Palmer the whole game. I'm like, Jesus. Boy, don't got no weapons out there. That shit was embarrassing. So hopefully he gets one of his wide receivers back. But let's go through these that, picks of the week. What you said? I was going to say that on um, Texans and Giants game, that might be pretty good. Texans always it, feisty. You wouldn't be surprised. I think um, Damian Pierce is going to have a big game, and I'm sure Saquon going to have the same on on their Hey, so. and shout out to Damian Pierce once again because against one of the best rush defenses in the NFL, he showed his ass on Thursday night football. I think he ran for like mm -hmm. 150 yards against the Eagles, who have one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, once again, shout and out to Damian Pierce. he's running through people. Yeah. Not around, <laughs> not juking people, not spinning. He's yeah, running bro. 
through people, bro. So shout out to the Gators, bro. Yeah. We produced greatness still every now and then, even though y'all pissed me off. Even though he didn't play when he played for Florida, but yeah, hey, you know how Oh, boy. And they was on damn on the head on Twitter for that, boy. Exactly. All right, man. So starting off with Thursday night football, we got Falcons versus Panthers. I know you ain't rolling with the Panthers, bro. You go ahead and make the smart decision, bro. Go ahead and make the smart decision. It's okay, bro. I'll let you off the hook. I'll let you off the hook. For the first time <laughs> in at least a full season, maybe a season in three, four games. I'm picking the Atlanta Falcons. And I swear to God, they're going to lose now just because I picked them. They're going to lose now just because I picked them. But I'm going with the Falcons, bro. And these two teams just played each other two weeks ago. They did. In a crazy-ass um, crazy overtime game that shouldn't even went to overtime. So I'm wondering if uh, I'm wondering if uh, the Panthers going to try and get some get back or if Atlanta just going to win again. But I pick Atlanta. I'm picking Atlanta. The Panthers are taking. Do what you need to do, Panthers. Fuck this win. Seahawks <laughs> versus Bucks. Uh, this tough, bro. Cause, bro, the last give me the minute, Seahawks. I went to the game, bro. I seen, and the way I don't know if Brady just heard the crowd. Well, he obviously always hears the crowd, but the way he actually fed into the energy of the crowd playing against the Rams, bro. And when he said F that on that fourth down and they actually went for it, they didn't get the fourth down when we went for it. But the fact that they were walking off the field and after the fifth or sixth time of us booing them for not trying to go for it on fourth and short, Brady said F that, we finna go for it. I saw a different fire, bro. I saw a fire that I ain't seen in some weeks from the Bucks. And then that last drive, I don't care what nobody say. Byron Leftwich was not the play caller that last drive. Brady did not look at the sideline the entire time that last drive. Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller, every time. That was not in Byron Leftwich's playbook, and that was not on any offensive person in the booth. That was strictly Brady. I think we're going to get that again. I'm picking the Bucks. I feel like it's a different team now. We finally got a dub after some misery the last three weeks. I'm going with the Bucks. Why are y'all gassing up the Bucks after that trash-ass win? They look like, bro, you know what that game was? I seen this tweet, bro. That shit look like two old-ass fighters that don't need to be fighting no more going at the <laughs> shit. Well, it's just like both of these niggas need to sit their ass down. Both of their ass trash as hell. And one team, somebody just had to win that motherfucker. That wasn't no good game. That wasn't no good W. It wasn't yeah, a good game. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, the last Brady's, drive. Brady's greatness overcame at the end. And they got a fucking touchdown. Final fucking lead at the last possession. But I ain't going to jump on the Bucks bandwagon like they back on track, bro. That game was still ugly. That damn Rams defense ain't that great like it was last year. And y'all still was struggling like shit to get a pass off. Damn, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, them niggas couldn't catch a pass. Scotty Miller, his ass couldn't catch. And that nigga Julio always injured. Y'all oh, still I, I, got I big wanna, holes, bro. Y'all still Julio got big holes, bro. Huh? I don't want Julio doing nothing but blocking the rest of the season. <laughs> Just let that man go out there, go all the way to the wide out. Put him in the X. No, don't. Hell no. Don't put him in the X. Put him in the Z. Let that man just block the whole damn time. Do not make Julio run any routes. That man had a non-contact injury again 
Oh, really? Just hobbled off the field. I was like, Julio, please get the hell off. Like, just just go sit down. Hey, just that nigga a goat, bro. Career, that nigga bro. a goat, bro. Respect he you, is, bro. but, bro, I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers, bro. He was telling me Julio should have hung it up after the Titans. first season. Yeah, after the Titans. Yes. Like, he should have <laughs> hung it up after that. Him still trying to play after already not doing that well when he was with the Titans. It's like, bro, just hang it up. Like, why Why are you still playing at this point if you know you can't stay healthy? Like, it's one thing if you're healthy at least, even if you're not producing, but if you're at least a healthy body, then that's one thing. But you're not producing and you can't stay healthy. At least Chris Godwin, we know when he in the game, unless he's injured, he's going to make plays. But with Julio, shit, I can't count on him to even – bro, Tom Brady is not even throwing to Julio. I can't count how many times Julio has got the ball this season. Like, he hasn't. I haven't seen one pass. I barely see him on the field. Cowboys game. I barely see him on the field. That man taking up a roster spot. I ain't gonna lie to you. And and we're talking about Julio Jones. I'm saying saying, put some respect on his name, bro. Julio Jones is taking up a roster spot. That's wild. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy, dog. That's crazy. You You Donis Haslam taking up a roster spot. Fuck no. We need that nigga <laughs> on the squad. We need that nigga on the squad every time. But uh, but yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks, man. Even though the Bucks pulled out that win, I'm not convinced that them boys are back on track. Broncos versus Titans. Uh, Titans. Yeah, I got the Titans. Browns versus Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins. Yep, I got the Dolphins. Jaguars versus the Chiefs. Chiefs, blowout. Yeah, Chiefs. Lions versus the Bears. Two and a half point spread on Bovada. I got the Lions. I got the Bears, man. Like I said before, love how Justin Fields has been playing. I'm rolling it out. Saints versus Steelers. Uh, hmm. Damn. This is a tough one, honestly. Uh... Yeah, this is... I'm going to go with the Saints. This is a tough one. Uh, damn, damn, damn. Is Pickett still starting or Trubisky? Mm-hmm. Yes, Pickett. Yeah, give me the Saints. Texans versus Giants. Mm, upset? Mm. I'm going to go with the upset. I'm picking the Texans. <laughs> Got to have I'll at least go one upset. <laughs> I'll go with the Giants, man. I'll go with the Giants. Vikings versus Bills. Uh, Vikings on the road. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if Josh Allen is playing because that obviously makes a huge fucking difference if they win or lose. Who is the backup quarterback for the Bills? Now I got to look that shit up. Cause I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling is Case right Keenum now. their backup? I'm looking right now. Case Keenum is their backup. Oh, Case yep. can still get it done. So I, I, I wrote the Bills still. I, I still like Case. I get the biz. Colts versus Raiders. Oh, damn. Jeff Saturday gets his first win. Uh, I guess these trash-ass Raiders? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think it happens. Damn. I want to snap damn, about the Raiders damn. again, but I'm honestly, I'm not putting no more energy into that. Uh, I'm going to pick the Raiders just because Jeff Saturday ain't got no... 
he ain't got no experience coaching. I doubt he's going to get a hey. road win in Las Vegas for his first dub. And another thing about Jeff Saturday and his entire staff, none of these niggas have called plays in their career. I mean, oh, the assistant no. coaches, no. uh, offensive oh, no. None of these niggas have called plays ever in their career. No, give me the Raiders. Give me the Raiders minus 14. Ah. Bro, that shit. This is going to be an interesting game, bro. This is going to be one hell of a game. You actually have to, nah, because the the Raiders still going to blow the lead at the Raiders end of the day. minus. I, I know the Raiders. I don't give, give me the. I give me the Colts, bro. The Raiders <laughs> still going to blow the lead hey, somehow. The Raiders going to look crazy this week. <laughs> they going to go crazy, and we finna say they back all the time. It's just because the other team can't call play. <laughs> hell no, that shit crazy. <laughs> All right, Cardinals versus Rams. Uh, mm, it's another tough one. Hmm. I picked the Cardinals last two weeks. Them niggas don't let me down. I'm going to go with the Rams. Damn. The Rams look cooked, man. They had the crib, so I'll go with the Rams. Are the Cardinals going to let me down again? Yep. <laughs> probably y'all yeah i'll go to the rams <laughs> probably y'all i'll go to the rams uh cowboys versus packers cowboys yeah cowboys chargers versus 49ers Ooh, that's a hard one but in a good way yeah mm. 49ers give me the 49ers damn mmm I'm going to go with the 49ers. <laughs> All right. And then the Commanders versus the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Blowout fashion. All right. And moving on to college football week 10 recap. Like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, this was an exciting week in college football. LSU up to Alabama. Georgia thumped the former number one team, Tennessee. Notre Dame knocked off. Number four, Clemson, and TCU ended up surviving against Texas Tech and a tough road win, so shout out to them. But, Edgar, what was your biggest takeaway from this week in college football? Uh, First off, I want to tell y'all what I've been telling y'all all all damn season. Clemson overrated as hell. They let Notre Dame trash ass do what the hell they (laughs) did to them. Been trying to tell y'all Clemson ain't nobody this year. I think it was just the fact that they were undefeated and they're Clemson. They got all this hype. I'm like, they don't look they were better beating than any solid, the top nah, They were beating teams, solid bro. teams, bro. They were beating solid they, teams. They weren't looking better. They they did not look better than uh, any better than USC, TCU, LSU. Like, they didn't look any better to have them number four in the nation. Like, they, they just didn't. I never agree with you. I never disagree with you on that point. It was just the point that they had good wins on their schedule, and they had more good wins than Michigan. That's why I agree that they should have been four last week over Michigan because they beat Wake Forest, they beat NC State, they beat another ranked team. So they had three ranked wins on their schedule, which we really cannot say about Clemson, especially in past years, because they usually don't play ranked teams. So that's why I said they have more good wins. But they never really looked the part because those, even in all those games, they were close until the end. But they had good wins. Oh no, they they let trash ass Notre Dame do that. So I'll, yeah, they they I'll did. Talk- I was talking shit by Clemson and Alabama. Bryce Young, I don't know what the hell was wrong with Bryce Young, bro. That man did not look like himself in that LSU game. LSU defense is tough. Don't get it twisted. But we're used to seeing Bryce 
show out, even against the toughest matchups. And this matchup against LSU, I get it. They were in Death Valley. You know, the, the home crowd wasn't on their side. You know, it, it was a lot of situational football that the, the loudness um, overshadowed. But there were a lot of mistakes, so many flags that Alabama had. So the technical, the technical, they looked very uh, undisciplined. They, they, honestly, they look undisciplined. Paul, Paul Feinbaum, Paul Feinbaum said that shit at the beginning of the year before they had their first uh, L. So I got to give him a lot of credit for saying that. He said they looked undisciplined. He said you usually can never say that about a Nick Saban coach team, but he said they don't look coached well. He said that before their first loss, and he continued to say it. And they lost against LSU for the same reasons because of penalties, dumbass penalties too. Where it's Dumb like penalties, they're losing bro. y'all games because of this yes. stupid shit. <laughs> Man, that 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 was my biggest takeaway. Um, Tennessee losing to Georgia didn't surprise me because it's Georgia, but I definitely I picked Tennessee to win. But I it think was it's the, the way, way they Tennessee lost. lost. It was yep. the way they lost. I was not expecting that. I was like, it was damn. I mean, I get it now. It's Georgia, but but shit, come on. But this ain't this ain't even Georgia defense. I was about to say this ain't even Georgia defense from last year because Georgia's defense from last year was all oh, time I, I, great. I can't say that. I, I can't say that. This, bro. this ain't last year defense though. This ain't no, last no, year star defense. name, star name wise. But look at them stats, bro. Look at them. Georgia, the best defense in the you league. Ain't gonna bro. tell me that this Georgia, this Georgia, defense better Georgia than last year. Best. This defense Georgia. better than last year. Georgia has the best defense in the nation right now. They have better star players last yeah, season. Look at that. those stats. I Look agree at those with stats, that, bro. but I don't agree that they were better than last year. That, that, this defense isn't better than last year's defense, but they still have the best defense in the nation right now, especially after what they just did I agree to Tennessee. With that point. They were like top two or three before the Tennessee game, but they just proved to everybody. After Tennessee, we've been scoring like 40 to 50, 50. points every yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Georgia got the best defense in the league right now. I can't take that away from you. I agree with the best defense, but I don't think their defense is just like home run worthy like they were last time, all time great. I feel like they, they've they been picked apart by teams this season. Did we forget they were dog fights for Kent State and Missouri? They, they're not better. They're not better <laughs> than last season, but they're they're the best this season out of all the teams. Yeah, And I think their offense was really what impressed me the most. Their offense was clicking on all cylinders. Stetson Bennett finally looked confident. It was a stretch. It was at the beginning of the season. He looked real good, but he went through like those three, four games where it was like that nigga did not look good. And now he's starting to get that consistent confidence back. And that's why we see this team really uplifted. It was a, a really a blowout. This game wasn't even as close as the final score. I think it was like 27 to 13. Honestly, it yeah. felt way bigger than that because 20 felt way it, worse. It felt way worse than that shit because they was getting thumped the entire game, bro. Tennessee upset me, bro. They really upset me with that. I thought they were going to have more of a fight. But you know what somebody said, bro? And I think they talked about it on the broadcast. Tennessee hasn't been in a big game moment like that in a long time and not with this type of regime, and especially not recently. They have never been in a big game moment. And you're on the road in Athens, a hostile environment, and you've never played in that type of place before where you're the team. Yeah, exactly. You're the team to beat. They coming in to knock your head off. They've never been put in that position before, ever, especially in the last 20 years. Nah, hell no. But the other teams like Georgia, Alabama, shit, we can talk about Texas A&M. They, you, they are used to that. While Tennessee, they strunk in the big moment because they haven't played in those type of games before. And I think that's why we've seen it. They were thinking that they were just going to score 50 points, that this was going to be another game in the, in the season. It's like, no, nah, nigga, this shit different. Y'all on the road. Y'all ain't yeah. at home like y'all was against Alabama where the, the crowd is at your back. 
Y'all on the road where them niggas want you to lose, ready to knock y'all head off too. So it's like that was what we seen. We seen them really strength under pressure. I mean, everybody did. It wasn't just Hendon Hooker. It was Hyatt didn't have any big plays. Defense came up short. The secondary didn't look good. All around UT, they didn't look coached well. They, they, they just didn't look good all around, bro. And that was a bad look, especially from the number one team in the nation. Because especially if you haven't been keeping up with this season and you tune in to see number one versus number three, you probably were confused on who the hell was the number one team? Because it damn sure wasn't the orange team. It was damn sure the right. red team easily. You know what I'm saying? So they just made themselves look back. I think they're going to be all right. They still have a chance to make the college football playoff, but it's just going to be a tougher uh, tougher road, obviously. I, I think it's going to be – mm, I don't know if they can make it, bro. Because at this point, Georgia Georgia is for sure in at this point. Because mm-hmm. even the SEC – the SEC championship don't even matter anymore at this point. So, cause Alabama, cause it's not, Alabama not even gonna be there, cause LSU most likely gonna be there, cause LSU only has. Two. Oh well, yeah, yeah, LSU only, beat Alabama, so they and they only have one SEC loss, while Alabama has two SEC losses. Yeah. So they so, already yeah. have that they'll play. Damn, so Georgia will play LSU. Ooh, damn. So LSU so, yeah, still Tennessee. has a good chance to get in that bitch. If LSU beat Georgia, LSU was in. Wow. And Georgia would still make it because they still won the SEC regular season, most likely. They're still going to get in. Would that because still um? So that would be the first time we have a two-loss team in the playoffs. Exactly. Then. That's what they were talking Man. about. And let's pull up the let's pull up the college football rankings from this week because I'm pretty sure they went up to number six. Speaking of LSU, they but seven. uh, they went number seven. Okay, but the first mm-hmm. team is Georgia. Georgia's number one. Uh, number two, we got Ohio State. Michigan has moved all the way up to number three. And TCU slots in at number four. So that is the top four for this week. And uh, let's fly through the rest of them. Let me see if I can pull it up. I about to say, I got it if you want me to get a name. All right, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Tennessee is five. Oregon is six. LSU, seven. Uh, USC, eight. Alabama, nine. Clemson, ten. That's the top ten. All right. Ooh-wee. Wow. So, yeah. Damn, bro. So, looking at this, damn. Tennessee still has a chance because, once again, uh, Ohio State and Michigan still have to play against each other. So, one of them are going to knock the other one out. So, Tennessee can slide up unless Oregon ends up jumping over Tennessee if they win the Pac-12. But then, shit, LSU can beat Georgia and beat – it's a lot of scenarios, bro. I, I don't think the committee going to side with Oregon. The committee ain't going to side with Oregon to put them in. If they win the Pac-12, if they beat USC? They're going to try Oregon, bro. I'm telling you. They're going to try to fuck out of Oregon and not put them in. Even if they win the Pac-12, they're going to look at Oregon hey. and say, you haven't played the better, fo- better football than these other teams. Also, TCU, who is the number four team in the nation, and shout out to TCU because this is a big jump. From not being a part of this conversation to being in this conversation, especially after they just fired their head coach. Yeah. They're number four right now, and they play Texas this week. And I think, do they play Texas on the road? Let me double check that. I, I'm pretty sure they I play. I think they had the crib. Are they at the crib? I think so. Let me check. Let me check. No, they are on the road. They play Texas mm-hmm. at Texas. So, ooh, I'm telling you, TCU is on upset alert this weekend. And that could turn the shit upside down. I mean, Tennessee can jump in. Oregon can jump in. That's why I say it's still a lot of scenarios that can happen. USC, 
even though they have a longer chance, a longer uh, percentage to get in, they still have a chance to get in if they end up beating Oregon and shit fall their way if chaos ensues. But it's still wide open, bro. Other than I Georgia, don't anybody low, I don't think anybody lower than LSU has a chance at this point. Any any mm. through ten, I don't think they got a chance because there's. I think USC still got. There's a too many things that would have to go. There was too. There would be too many things that have to go right for those teams eight, nine, and ten for them to even sniff it at this point. That's why they say it's possible for all of that chaos to ensue. Is what my point. I don't know. In the same weekend, shit. No, not in the same weekend. <laughs> but I'm saying TCU losing the. Texas, then you got two versus three has to play at the end of the year. One of them is going to knock the other one out. Then you got LSU. We don't know if LSU playing like this is a fluke or not. Did they just come into this game revved up? Or are they really this type of team that can play against the high caliber teams in the in, a, uh, in the college football? Because they lost two games earlier in the season and they didn't look that great. But they showed up against LSU. Alabama. If LSU beats Georgia... And like you said, we're gonna see we're gonna see Ohio State or Michigan take an L. It's gonna be a lot of teams with some L's this year, bro. Like it may only be one undefeated team when it's all said and done for the playoffs. Let me see who has LSU guys to play for the rest of the season. Uh, all their LSU, tough games out of the way. Yeah, LSU don't gotta play nobody else. So yeah, mm-hmm. they honestly good into the uh, SEC championship game. So damn, LSU might most likely will make that shit. Because who they if they win at the SEC, huh? Who um, who had rivalry week the last week? LSU they play against uh, Texas A&M, but it's Texas A&M, ah. so they don't play against anybody. So if they win the SEC championship against Georgia, they're in. So they control their own destiny at this point. That's crazy as hell. So shout yep. out to LSU. Shout out to Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly proving that he's once again a good coach, great coach in the uh, college football stand because wherever he goes, he wins. <laughs> Yeah, because if you knock off Alabama and Georgia, they got to put you in, bro. They have to. I don't give a damn about the two losses. They got to put you in. (laughs) Exactly, bro. Exactly. So this is going to be one hell of a week, bro. College football is doing what it does every year and impressing. So I'm definitely hyped up. I'm definitely hyped. So let's move on to the uh, college football week 11 preview. We already talked about uh, TCU playing against Texas. That's probably the game of the week. But we also got Alabama playing against Ole Miss. We could see another L. Actually, I'm not seeing an L. But it's, nah, it's, it's nah, they, they ain't losing. They're not losing again. But <laughs> UCF is ranked, which is hey, surprising to me. Alabama lose three games. We might see Nick Saban run on the field. <laughs> all the Hellcats gone, bro. Boy. Hey, all, all the, the Hellcats hell probably gone right now, bro. There's hell, no Hellcats <laughs> on campus. All of that shit is gone, bro. Uh, what's another ranked matchup? We got Washington versus Oregon. That's 25 versus 6. UCF is ranked. And UCF and is playing Tulane. number 17's Tulane. That's a ranked matchup. Okay. Uh ain't but, too many like ranked matchups. Not too many, yeah. But what you got? Alabama Ole Miss. Who you got? Alabama. Alabama blowout for sure. I guess we can pick UCF Tulane. I've, I've seen neither of these teams play. I'm gonna keep it a I'm about to say me neither. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going with I'm about to say I'm just going with the home team, UCF for yeah. sure. Uh Washington versus Oregon. Uh I'll go Oregon. Yeah, Bo Nick says been looking pretty good over the past uh few weeks. I think he's in the Heisman conversation too. Florida State is ranked again. I just I just want to put it out there. These Florida State fans begging so. to get ranked. Y'all <laughs> play Syracuse so. on the road. Another game where y'all could prove to continue to stay ranked. 
Let's see how this goes. <laughs> Let's just see how it goes. I like it. I like it. I like Florida State. Florida State got a good team to me. They've just been losing the big games. And uh, you got TCU versus They're losing Texas. all the games important. All the they games do. that you That's what I said. They, they lost all the big games. They lost all the big games. They did. They did. But I still like the team. Uh, And then TCU versus Texas. Uh, TCU. I got Texas. And it's crazy because Texas is a seven-point favorite on Bavada against them. So Texas, woo. Texas got a squad, bro, especially when Quinn Ewers is healthy. Them boys look good, and they look right. It's like, okay. Man. They had the crib. They're going to have a bunch of hooks everywhere, so that's probably why. <laughs> and moving on to the NBA, we got a few different topics. The Nets are once again back in the headlines. We got them being now hesitant about moving in on uh, hiring Ime Udoka after being sure on hiring him last week. We still got the Kyrie news. He even got suspended for five games. And we heard about uh, a list that he has to complete because of the anti-Semitic comments or uh, something like that. But it was a whole lot of bullshit. I don't know. I don't know how you felt about that. But I was going to say I can read them off real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, the six things that Kyrie Irving has to do if he wants to become a member of the Brooklyn Nets, well, if he wants to remain a player on the Brooklyn Nets, he has to apologize and condemn the film he promoted, the, um, the Hebrews to Negroes film that he posted the link to on his Instagram story. He has to make a $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes, even though they tried to get him to donate money to somebody. And he got did, and they did. Already. Exactly. <laughs> he has to complete sensitivity training. Kyrie ain't going to that shit. He, not. he has to complete anti-Semiticism training. Um, He's not anti-Semitic. He I was to say he never thought he was anti-Semitic. <laughs> uh, he has to meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders. He probably ain't going to care about that. For what? If he even why does it. For why? I was about to say, I don't know. <laughs> and then he has to meet with team owner Joe Side to demonstrate an understanding of the situation. Fuck you, nigga. I don't, I'm not meeting like, with you. All this say, shit. You making me run through hoops for you and you want to meet with me? Fuck you. And Shannon Sharp made a good point. He was like, there's nothing wrong with having Kyrie for what he's said. But this at this point, they're trying to make Kyrie grovel. They're trying to make Kyrie just beg and plead to get back on the team. And he and Shannon Sharp to, said they're really trying to they're trying to shame him and they're trying to um embarrass him. They're trying to embarrass him and ruin mm. his dignity. And that's going too far. Exactly. You can make a player apologize all you want. You can make a player say I'm sorry even if he don't mean it. But trying to make him jump through hoops for some shit that we know he ain't even going to mean cuz yeah. him giving money to anti-Semitic causes like, people are still going to talk shit and say, well, yeah. he didn't really mean it. He just gave money just because. <laughs> like, it, it's just stupid, bro. Like, we, we're we condemning a player right now just because of their religious beliefs. And it has no hate towards any other group of people. Exactly. And Kyrie has said that. And he apologized. He said, I, I did not mean to offend any other group of people. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Trying, I'm, I'm just so trying glad to you influence. Said that, yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm just so trying to influence my people and educate my people. I criticized Kyrie a lot on a lot of basketball shit. I criticized him on the COVID shit. But this is something totally different that yeah. is him as a person. Like, we're criticizing and bashing Kyrie. And when I say we, I just mean media people in general. We're bashing him as a person. And this shit ain't got nothing to do with basketball. Chuck and Shaq calling this man an idiot and all that. Like, bro, that man believed the earth is flat. Let him believe that. He believes Hebrew Israelite shit. Let him believe that. Like, why are y'all condemning this man because of his faith, his belief, trying to make yeah. him say he apologized for something that he ain't even sorry for or do wrong? 
they literally want him to say the words, I'm sorry, because he did say, I didn't mean to offend anyone. And we talked about it last week of what Kyrie meant by uh, posting this, by posting the Hebrews to Negroes film. It was to pass on knowledge about black Israelites. It wasn't about condemning anybody who is a, a Jew or anything like that. And it's like the tweet. I know you've seen the tweets before that's like, you say, I like pancakes, and the comment's going to be like, so you don't like waffles. This is exactly the situation that we're looking at. Kyrie is saying, no, I, I like this film for this. And they're saying, no. And he's saying, I like what the places I, I know the place where I come from. I know where I come from. And they're saying, no, you don't. Uh, so you don't like this. So you're anti-Semitic because you know where you came from. Like That's basically what we're looking at because y'all just trying to spin the situation to something it's not. He never said anything against the Jews. He just posted a film. But this is something that I will say against Kyrie. Kyrie should have done a better job of articulating himself instead of just being so uptight, like he didn't want to answer the questions. He really should have explained himself more so he could have been more so understood instead of just. Well, he did in one interview. He tried to, but he didn't do it fully. Uh, He didn't do it fully enough. He tried to, but everybody was still trying to go at him for the religious beliefs and for not saying sorry, while they weren't really listening to what he was saying. But I still feel like he didn't articulate himself well in that interview. It should be a way where he articulates how he feels about things. Like, I feel this way. I don't feel any way, any way about the Jews, but I feel this way about the film. I like the film for this reason. That's the word that we should have heard from Kyrie. I like the film for this reason. This is the knowledge I wanted to pass on to my followers, to people that follow me. Like, that's what we should have heard for Kyrie. I feel like that would have toned down the situation. It probably still would have ramped up because they wanted to hear him say, I'm sorry. They wanted to hear all this other shit. And they're really trying to book break Kyrie. Yeah. But I feel like just from a, a overall perspective, if Kyrie just would have articulated himself a little bit better, it wouldn't have gone to this extreme where they're trying to get him released. They're trying to book break him. They're trying to have him jump through hoops to play basketball. Like Kyrie probably is going to retire before he does all of that shit on that damn list. Fuck that list. Fuck the Nets, honestly. Fuck the Nets and fuck Joe South for all of this jumping through hoop shit because of his beliefs. Because if y'all was doing this to a white person, y'all wouldn't do this to a white person, honestly. Y'all wouldn't do this to anybody. Y'all wouldn't do this to anybody else. Because if somebody says some racist shit about calling somebody a nigga, if it was a white person calling somebody a nigga, they would not have to jump through hoops like Kyrie is jumping through hoops. Like, oh, since you call somebody a nigga, white man, you have to go to uh, racism training. You have to go through this. You got to go through that. You got to pay this to the Black Lives Matter movement. They wouldn't have a white person do that because but because Kyrie has this reputation now and because the Nets are fed up with his actions, now he got to go through all this extra bullshit. For what? For posting a fucking link. For posting a fucking link that didn't even mean what y'all wanted it to mean, but y'all spinning it to be this. And nobody's mad at Jeff Bezos for allowing that to be on Amazon Prime, but y'all mad at Kyrie for posting the link to the movie. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And I just, again, like I say, there are certain things that you can and don't have to agree with Kyrie, but this is something that has nothing to do with basketball. With the COVID situation, that was strictly affecting, like, his play. Like, it was affecting whether or not he was going to be playing half or all of the games or whatnot. And, of course, like, I'm not saying they, they had the right to try and make him get whatever COVID shots, but people weren't really understanding him then, but I understood the criticism of you can't have it both ways. You can't play whenever you want and 
not get the shots and all that. Like, you're either going to have to do one or the other. But he ended up having it his way to where he didn't have to get the shots and Kyrie is still playing basketball up until this moment. But this is a situation now where I think we shouldn't be upset at Kyrie at all, especially black people. Like, why, why are any of us upset? Like, he didn't do anything to where we have to look at him crazy. And I just, I don't know. I hope this isn't how his story, his basketball career story. That's ends. what we have to discuss, bro. Yeah. That's because that's, that's what it's feeling are. like. That's what it's feeling like. It feels like they're trying to get Kyrie out of here, bro. Because it feels mm-hmm. like not enough people are standing up for him. Or if they are standing up for him, it's more so like the the black the black black leaders, like the the Doctor Umar's. I hear the, the more real so. black. That yeah, don't care about we hear those yeah, people. That don't care about but we're not hearing image. people in the league stand up for Kyrie, and I think that's the biggest issue. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we're hearing so much media personalities talk about the bullshit about Kyrie. But nobody is speaking about the reals taking up for him. Well, like shout LeBron, out to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, Brown stood up. Um, I, yeah, he he was up. the only person I feel like. Everybody else mm-hmm. was talking. Even LeBron. Oh, LeBron. Oh, what LeBron say, bro? He said. Uh, he, said LeBron, he said Kyrie um has made statements that have offended people and hurt people in certain communities, what? and I don't Mixed. condone that. And that's why I'm saying, like, come on, Bron. Like, you you of all people, as pro-black as you are, you got to know how to handle the situation. And I understand LeBron was in a situation where he couldn't just not say anything because not saying something because, is also saying but something. But this, this would have been a great test, answer, bro. That would have been a great test because what you going to do with Bron? That's Bron. You're not going to call yeah. Bron anti-Semitic. You're not going to suspend Bron. What would you do if Bron took up for him for the anti-Semitic? And, and that's where that I feel like he could have. So, that's what I'm saying. You, you, Bron, you're untouchable, bro. Them niggas ain't going to do shit to you, bro. You, The Lakers ain't shit without you. The league ain't shit without Bron to this day. So what they going to do to Bron? Ain't shit. So that's what I'm saying. Bron taking the other side uh, apart from Kyrie was just weird because it's like, you don't have to take the answer that the media is feeding. You don't have to take that answer. Yeah. You can stand up for him. If you believe that he was okay and I, everything is being spent in a different direction, you can say that. But you going the other way saying, oh, he harmed people. How did he harm people? He didn't say anything. He's supposed and, to believe. And he said it. He said it in such a politically correct way to where exactly. if you play the if you play the sound bite back, he's not jabbing Kyrie. And you can tell he's not going full-blown against Kyrie. But he definitely made it clear that I'm not in support of what Kyrie's doing. And this supposed to be your man. Yeah. This the nigga that you always call little bro and all that shit. And you, you separate yourself for what? For these? For this? Like I said, if it's anything else that Kyrie has done, if you don't agree with that, cool. If you don't agree with the COVID shit, cool. But over something like this? Nah. I don't think it's as big of a deal as a lot of people are trying to make it out to be, bro. And somebody has said some funny shit last week. I haven't heard the word anti-Semitic so much in my life than I've yeah. heard over these last two weeks. My goodness, between Ye and Ky- uh, Kyrie, this shit has been ridiculous. And what have they really said? I don't know what, the, I still don't know what Kanye said. The DEFCON shit, I, I still didn't fully read what that comment was. But I, the Kyrie shit, verbatim, but, it was, but the Kyrie shit, yeah. I'm, I'm more in tune with the Kyrie shit is what I should say. I'm more in tune with the Kyrie shit and what Kyrie did I don't understand how that's anti-Semitic, bro. I, I really don't. I don't like if somebody if somebody posted birth of a nation on their timeline, are we gonna call them racist for posting birth of a nation? Are we gonna are we gonna condemn them for posting birth of a nation? That's one of the most racist uh movies. It, it created empowered the Ku Klux Klan. Are we gonna call them racist for that? If it's a white person, 
Another good example. What if somebody, what if a white player posts in whatever sport, NBA, whatever, posts the Confederate flag on their Instagram story? I've heard a lot of white people give an explanation on why they love the Confederate flag, and they try to make it sound like it's not connected to racism whatsoever. We mm-hmm. know what that flag represents. Yep. It may not be what it was originally made for, but we mm-hmm. know what it adapted to and what it eventually stood for and what it still stands for to this day. So that's a good situation because what if we see that? What if we see a a white player, and I ain't gonna name no names because I don't want to sound, I want to make it sound like one of these players would do it. But what if a white player in the NBA posts a Confederate flag on their Instagram story one day? But they come out and say, I didn't mean any harm to black people with that. I'm just proud of my southern heritage, down south Mississippi, where I'm from, or wherever, blah, blah, blah. Nobody want to hear that bullshit. You post exactly. a Confederate flag. We know what a Confederate flag stands for. So it's it's a situation where we need to keep that energy. From now on, if we're gonna have this energy with Kyrie, and any player that Bats. has a MAGA hat, any player that has a MAGA hat, any player that supports like whatever hate type of shit against black people, please have that same energy. Please. I, I don't care what your I political agree, view bro. is, your political view could be whatever it is. But if you're supporting a group that is clearly known for hating another group and having hate hate acts and hate speech towards other groups. I need the NBA, the NFL, all these other leagues to support that. Kyrie was not in a situation like that. He posted something that empowered us, but told the truth about another group of people, and they just didn't like the truth that was exposed in that film. And I think that's what got them in a bind right now. And it all goes to what um, the government is trying to do now with public schools. We're trying to take out, you know, critical race theory theory and everything. They don't want the truth to get out. Feel omitting it from the schools will make it an easier way for the generations to move forward. And it's like, no, you can't go to the future without knowing the past. And knowing the past is knowing where people fucked up. And the people who fucked up don't want you to know they fucked up. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, bro. It's a lot of shit that goes with that Kyrie situation. But the Nets are honestly a shit show in general. Uh, Kevin Durant is trying to hold up that franchise on his back, but it, you can't do it by yourself, bro. The front office is terrible. That they already don't know what they want to do with the coaching thing. Obviously, like I said before, Ime Udoka, they saying they don't want to hire him now. Kyrie's suspended and most likely not going to be playing for the Nets again. And Nets, trust me, I would be happy to have Kyrie in Miami because we need that nigga. I'll take his <laughs> ass, my nigga. Happily taking Kyrie. So trust me, if you don't want him, I'll take him off your hands, bro. But but yeah, so the Nets are a shit show. I don't know what to say about that team anymore. I honestly don't think they should get as many headlines out of it as they do. I know everything is going on with them right now, but after this, after the Kyrie shit dies down, we should hockey stop talking about the Nets. If they're going to continue to lose how they're losing and all of this coaching shit is going on. It's like, all right, y'all that, y'all that team over there that just be bullshit. Y'all ain't for real. And I need on. Brett Favre to have a sit-down brunch with Dr. Umar and have it be publicly televised. <laughs> that's another nigga who been let off the hook. because, like, you, And that's a perfect example. Why, how y'all not keeping the same energy for one nigga? And y'all doing this to Kyrie, but y'all not doing it for a white person and Brett Favre who's sliding under the radar. And more details came out on Brett Favre today about how he was the one funding a couple of, uh, what was it, a couple of construction uh, companies. And he that was how they funneled the whole welfare fraud situation. Like, more information came out on that today. And everybody acting like they didn't see it. 
Oh, we still gonna talk about Kyrie. We ain't gonna talk about Brett Favre being a bitch. We ain't gonna talk about that nigga being an asshole. We gonna talk about Kyrie still. But it's like y'all can literally condemn Brett Favre right now. Y'all can say, "Okay, Brett Favre, you got to go to a racism trader. You got to go to wel- welfare school. You got to learn about why welfare is important." <laughs> like that's what we should be telling Brett Favre. But look at what we doing. We letting this nigga slide past. That nigga Brett Favre should be in jail. Hey. <laughs> your party your part of your welfare training, you gotta fill out an application and get it denied. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, you now you know how it feels you feels like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. The energy ain't even being kept the same way in that situation. So we seeing how it's a double standard when it comes to us, bro. But you know how that shit goes. Moving on, we got why the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. I put this topic because they, they just lost yesterday, but they were 9-0 and yeah. before that. And they were 9-0 and without Chris Middleton. And I wanted to just give my reason on why I think they're the best team. It's just the continuity at this point and that Giannis is just at a peak level that nobody else is on, bro. And this is why I continuously say that he is the best player in the NBA right now, bro. The three is becoming more consistent. The, the I mean, his all-around offensive game is there, and he's the defensive player of the year. Drew Holiday is playing at an all-time level, or playing at a great level. Brooke Lopez is there. I mean, Bobby Portis. And once again, Chris Middleton, their best half-court scorer, is not playing. Some people think he's the best player on the team. And they're running through everybody in the East right now, bro. I don't think anybody in the East are, is taking them down in the playoffs, bro. I think the Bucks are the best team. And I think the Bucks will get to the finals this year, man. They're they're, they're a wrecking ball, bro. They're going through the whole the whole uh, conference. Yeah, I can't take nothing away from them. Like you said, the continuity at this point, regardless of what the records are, they look like the most complete team. I know the Cavs just beat them um like a night or two ago, but the Bucks are still the better team. The Jazz have a great record right now. The Hawks beat them. The Hawks. My bad. Mm-hmm. The Hawks, but the Jazz have a great record right now. But we know what the Jazz have to offer when yeah. it when it comes down <laughs> to it. The Warriors are slacking. The Suns look good, but they have some holes right now. But if I had to pick a team that literally looked like they have damn near no holes at the moment, and the only hole that they have is Chris Middleton not playing, which ain't really a hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I honestly got to say, it, they're the best team right now. They're the best team. And Giannis is leading in the defensive player of the year race. Like, he's about to yep. be MVP again. He's averaging 30. He's still doing the 30, 10, and 10 shit. And he's defensive player of the year. Best player in the NBA, best team, no Middleton. This team is just going to get better when he comes back. And I'm in, I'm somebody who has been a Bucks hater for a long time, bro, because they've been rivals with my Heat for a, for a couple of years there. But I, I can't hate them no more, bro. It's like it's clear they're 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 the team. They're the yeah. team. Even though Boston is going to be right there at the end of the day, the Cavs potentially could be there. I think the Bucks are clear and far away the best team in the NBA, and I don't think nobody's touching them, bro. I truly do not. And moving it on to the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers starting off their season 8-1 and one as well, started off on a hot stretch, and yeah. they played the first part of their season without Darius Garland. So Donovan Mitchell was in MVP talks. He was getting, uh, he was averaging like 38-8, and eight, mm-hmm. doing some crazy shit. Garland just came back, and he's looking great. Are the Cavs a legit threat? To what the Bucks are doing in Milwaukee. Mm. Like, can they can you literally see them knock off the Bucks in the playoffs? No. 
No. Okay. I was going to say, when we say a threat, do we mean, like, can they compete and make a series I mean, beat them. Yes. Like, can they? Can you seriously nah. see them beating the Bucks? No, nah, not at not at this moment, not this early in the season. We we were ten games in. Maybe after the All Star break, we'll have a better. I can have a better answer on whether they can do that or not. But right now, I'll just have to say no. They they can compete for sure. They'll probably They're, win a couple of matchups against yeah, them in the regular season for yeah. sure. For sure, I think the Cavs are a fun team. They're the funnest team to watch in the NBA. Yeah, like they have yeah. the best. They have one of the best backcourt. I ain't gonna say the best. Well, Cause Clay ain't been looking that good, so uh, best. They might, mm, well, Clay ain't been looking that great this year, so I might. They might be the best backcourt. Yeah, in the league. yeah, right, right now. They yeah, might be the I best backcourt in yeah. the league right now, cause Steph is doing Steph shit, but Clay ain't the same, bro. And I, I was about to tweet that out yesterday. Clay looking cooked. Uh, if we being a, keeping it a beat, I ain't watching Atlanta recently, so I really don't know about that. Dejounte Murray, um, mm. they've been looking Trey, good too. Trey out, ain't Trey out anyway. Yeah, he out right too. Now? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but like I said, but yeah. They're up there. The Murray and uh, Trey Young is up there, but the the best backcourt I've seen because their their strengths and their weaknesses go along with what this how this team is built. Because obviously they're great on offense, but defense is where they're lacking. But when you have Evan Mobley, Jared Adlin, you got somebody like uh Dean Wade who was a good perimeter defender. You have good players around them that can cover up their holes. So if people are blowing by Garland and Donovan Mitchell. You ain't finna get a layup because you got big ass Jared Allen or you got Mobley yep. blocking your shot at the rim. So this team, I think, is fun. I think it's gonna be there. I think they could make it to the second, even the conference finals. I think they could push the Celtics to the uh to the brink. But seeing them beat the Bucks, a lot of things will have to go their way in terms of injury for the Bucks for me to really say that they could beat the Bucks. If the Bucs are healthy, they're not beating the Bucs. I think they can beat the Celtics, though. I, I do think they can beat the Celtics. Yeah, I think they I have enough manpower to beat the Celtics. But the Bucs, the Bucs got too much, bro. And like I said, they're doing this without no Middleton. When Middleton come back, that shit cook. <laughs> so, yeah. But the Cavs, the Cavs are a fun team, so I got to give them that credit. Eight and one. Shout out to J.B. Bickerstaff putting on a hell of a job. I mean, Karis LeVert been doing this thing. Kevin Love is in that uh, six-man-of-the-year conversation. He's still doing this thing uh, midway in his 30s. But hey, we just gonna have to see how it plays out. And uh, anything else you want to talk about when it came to NBA? Uh, nah. Like I said, Westbrook coming off the bench. You want to talk about Westbrook? Nah, I don't want to <laughs> talk about Lakers. Period. Right now, <laughs> they just like, like the Nets. They about to be off our calendar. They about to be off our slots. I, I was about to say, like the fact that some of these shows right now are still trying to talk about the Lakers. It's like, bro, like shows you, they're bro. bottom tier, bro. They're <laughs> bottom tier. Like JJ Reddick said it himself. He's like, why are we talking about teams consistently that we know we we said three days this week what the Lakers issues are? You mean to tell me Thursday and Friday we still gotta say the same shit after we just said it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Like and that's, that's that shit. real shit, bro. Man, there's so many other teams to talk about. And exactly. I think mm-hmm. we're at a we're at a transition point right now, bro, where there's so much young talent in the league. Yes, we still got the OGs, we still got the vets who are in the league. Good teams or bad, regardless of what teams they're on. There's a surplus of young talent that we could talk about right now, bro. Like the Raptors with Scotty Barnes. Like we could talk about them. Uh, talk about the Hawks. Overflood us with Josh shit. The way that we get overflooded with LeBron and Curry and all that. Hey, it's time to start overflowing us with Ja content, with Jason Tatum content, Trey Young content, 
flood our timelines with that shit. Let those be the people that aggravate us now, not the people that's been <laughs> aggravating us for the last ten years. Like I should, I should be seeing John Morant shit every other time I see a sports post. Like, but I still it's see. I love LeBron, but I still see LeBron shit all the time. It's like we know what LeBron is playing for now. He playing to get that scoring title. He playing to Bronny get in the lead. That's the only shit LeBron is playing for at this point. Yeah. So. And it's crazy because you know what they're doing it for. They're doing it for the ratings. They know what people are going to show up for. But it's 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 getting to a point where this is why these type of shows are dying out. Because y'all talk about, about the say, same that ain't shit what we every week. Up for. Exactly. Niggas ain't showing up for that bullshit. Yeah, we can't even say that's what we're showing up to watch anymore. Like, when I see what they're talking about, I'm like, that ain't even no interesting shit. I turn no the shows down when they're talking about shit that I don't hear about much. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I'm saying, bro. That shit crazy. Oh, before we move on from NBA, I wanted to get on my Luka. I wanted to have a Luka rant. And this goes back to what James Harden was doing back in like 2017 when he was winning the MVPs and all that type shit. Because I'm seeing Luka get a lot of love. And I don't like it because y'all wasn't showing Harden this same love when he was going and doing his shit. When he was averaging 36 and uh, 10 and 10 or 36, 8 and 8. He wasn't getting this same type of love. Y'all was hating on Harden for what he was doing. Oh, even when Harden was winning in the playoffs, going to conference finals. Oh, Harden this, Harden ain't that. Oh, he ain't that good of a score. But I see Luca having the same, having the same, doing the same shit, but having like a different result, different reaction when it comes to it. They're, they have the same type of game. It's a one-man show, Harden and Luca. That was the same shit, and it probably won't win them any titles. They're in the near future. But we are praising one player, Luca. But we was hating harder for doing this shit. I would never fully understand why we never appreciated Harden during that 2014 17 run he had, and why we're praising Luca for what he's doing. It just doesn't make sense because they're the same player, bro. They're the same fucking player doing the same shit. But we praise one and hate the other. When the the thing about Luca that we have to talk about soon is can his play style translate to wins? Because that's the next step with Luka. You made it to the conference finals. Congratulations. Can this translate to wins? Because it didn't for Harden. Will it for you? That's the conversation we need to start having. Because we're, we're used to Luka putting up these 30-point triple-doubles, bro. That doesn't surprise me anymore. Like, we're, we're, we're expecting that now. But what are you going to do in the playoffs? We need to start turning our attention from Luka. Oh, he's so great. To Luka, you have to do this shit in the playoffs consistently. We have to see if this one-man show shit works. And I think that's what the mentality we should be having. That's the mentality we had for Harden, but Luca isn't held to that same standard when he should be. I agree. I think it should be held to that standard. Uh, I'm one of the people that I like what Luca's doing, but eventually I do have to start poking holes in him like I was poking in Harden. And I think it was just, I think the, the one difference, like you said, they're extremely similar. You could damn near say they play the exact same way. I don't see Luca try for fouls as much as what I saw Harden do. There were certain shots and there were certain offensive plays where I literally saw James Harden fighting for the foul, not necessarily the basket. As to where with Luca, I see more situations where he's trying to get both. You could tell he's trying to get the bucket and hopefully the foul. As to where with James Harden during that run, bro, like, it was – I just couldn't watch that shit. I really couldn't. Like, the whole step back three shit, if the ball went in, it went in. 
like, and that was the mindset I think Harden had. He was like, hey, fuck it, I'm going to get the foul anyway. Like, if it go in, it go in. And that's what I didn't like during that Harden run. It wasn't the fact that I didn't think he was a great scorer because, hey, you getting buckets, you getting buckets. But it was just certain situations where I think he was manipulating the game, which all players do. But he exactly. was doing it in a way that I, I didn't really – I either didn't understand it to fuck with it or I just did understand it and didn't fuck with it. But I don't know. I don't see it as much with Luka, and I think that's why I'm not as critical of him yet. But trust and believe, if they don't do shit in the playoffs this time, I totally agree with you. We got to look at him the same way um, I and others did look at Harden. Like, okay, this shit clearly ain't translating the wins. So Because this is, he's going to rack up MVPs. Nigga's averaging 36. What is he averaging right now? He's averaging 36, 8, and 8 right now. He's going to be in an MVP conversation every year, just like Harden was. He has to produce. But we talk about free throws. Nigga gets to the line 11 times per game, bro. Same type of free throws. Oh, hell no. Harden, Harden was, Harden, hell no. Harden was getting to the, hell Bro, no. do you want me to look up the stats, bro? Please do. They got, they, bro, Harden got there around the same amount. That's why I told you, these than, niggas were the same it was more player, than 11. bro. It was they more were than the 11. same player. I promise to God, Harden got player, to the line more than 11 times. <laughs> it was probably games where he was at 20, but he was averaging. <laughs> I'm about to say, let's not act like No, it was, no, it was games where he was at 20, though. 20 it, was, it was games where he was at 20. Was I was about so to slow? say. Now, it was definitely games where he was at 20, bro. But Harden wasn't that type of nigga that was just, oh, 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 he, oh he's not a great scorer. He just gets in the line all the time. Like, no, oh, Harden yeah, I, I ain't agree score. with people saying he wasn't that great of a scorer. Cause I definitely got him as one of the best shooting guards. Like this is one of those time. situations I just don't like the double standard, bro. Because I remember talking, having this conversation with you early, bro. Early in Luca's career, because I seen it then. I think I, I even named the, the episode like the miseducation of James Harden or something like that. Because yeah. I seen how they were treating Harden and I seen how they were treating Luca when they had the same type of play style, bro. And it's like, why is that? Is it because Luca is just young? But we see it, they got the same game. Let me see what hard it was. That's what no, I said. Bro. Maybe, maybe I didn't understand it at that point. Maybe I didn't understand. Bro, Harden never averaged more than eleven free throws per game. The same shit Luca is doing. Shit. Look, eleven. You can look shit. it up. The highest his was was eleven free throws per game. The rest was 10, 10, 10, 10, 9, 10. I'm telling you, he the same amount Luca getting to the line is what Harden was getting at the line. Niggas was averaging 36. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. It's, it's the same it's, shit. Nah, the optics were different, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm nah. saying. Why? Why? <laughs> but all right, we're going to move on. All right, college basketball is back. Just want to say that is back. It came back yesterday. Uh, all the teams felt like they were in action. Kansas, the defending national champs. We got Florida was playing. Uh, I think Arkansas played without Nick Smith, so. There was a lot of teams on display. What are y'all, what are biggest expectations going into this season? Uh, it's a few players I'm looking forward to uh, seeing. Drew Timmy at uh, Gonzaga, looking forward to him. Uh, OT, I always forget how to say his last name, at Kentucky. Uh, oh, Oscar Sheway. Sheway, that's how you say his last name. I'm looking forward to seeing him. He might be on the best, I'll probably say he's going to be the best player this year. Yeah, he won player uh, of the year last year. Um, who else? Who else? it was a couple other people? Oh, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. Looking forward to seeing him. But uh Duke, Duke had the best recruiting class this year, so I'm sure they're probably gonna be the favorite to win it all this year. They had like what four or five. I had wrote the shit down. They had like four or five, five stars. Yeah, yeah, no, four or five stars. Yeah, four or five stars, 
two four stars and one three star. That's yeah. shit crazy. Yeah, Duke is gonna get that every year because Derek Whitehead he's not even playing yet. Derek Whitehead is still yeah. coming over a, a foot uh, injury, but I think he's gonna be a top ten pick in this uh, NBA draft, and I think he's gonna put on uh, Duke on the map for it. He's gonna be the leader for that team. I think they got a center. He was the number one player in the nation. I don't think he's that great, but he he's tall and can jump, so he was ranked number one. But I think Derek Whitehead is gonna be the real player to watch out on Duke this season. And the team I'm really excited to see this year, bro, is Arkansas. I'm ready to see Arkansas because Arkansas is another team who had a great recruiting class. I'm pretty sure they had the number two recruiting class. They, they got three. Two. Yeah, they had three five-star freshmen with Nick Smith. They had Jordan Walsh and they had Anthony Black. All of those boys are going to put on. And then they came, they uh, they brought in a transfer this year called Trayvon Brazil. He ended up putting up 20 and 12 last night. And Nick Smith didn't even play last night. Like, Arkansas is going to be a scary team because those five stars that I'm saying are coming off the bench. Jordan Walsh coming off the bench. I mean, Anthony uh, Black is most likely going to come off the bench when Nick Smith is healthy. But Nick Smith is going to be the headliner for Arkansas, and he is going to be the name that all of you are going to be like, damn, we should have been looking at him. Oh, we got to keep our eye on Nick Smith. He's already a top three to five uh, projected pick in the NBA draft. And y'all going to see why in a couple of weeks. Because I was watching them during the offseason, during like their exhibition games. That boy is nice. Nice. So y'all going to see when he get back and how he really played. I'm excited to see Arkansas. If I was to pick right now, I will have Arkansas in my final four. But that's just bullshitting because I don't know what the fuck going on with any of these teams. I'm looking forward to watching Texas, too. Texas had a pretty decent recruiting class. They were top 10 and they recruiting. And they did great yeah. last year. So. And I'm ha- and I'm actually excited to see Florida with a new coach because there's no expectations, new coach. But yeah. we brought in a, we brought in a lot of transfers, older transfers too. Kyle Lofton. We ended up bringing in up uh, damn my man from uh my man from uh Belmont, Will Will Richards, Will Richards. He's supposed to be like a, a first round pick. Uh, he ended up transferring to Florida. So I'm excited for this Florida team as well. Obviously that's my team, so obviously I'm going to say that. But just a new environment new coach, new system that really emphasizes the three ball. I think Florida needed that type of influx and uh, energy in in that system. And I'm excited to see what they do with this older team of transfers. So I'm happy to see that. All right, moving on to two wild Wednesday. We got Tyreek Hill is top three, four MVP, two wild or not too wild. Not too wild. We just talked about it earlier of him damn near finna touch 2,000 yards. If he keep going on the pace he's going, he's already breaking records with touching 1,000 as quick as he did. So he's a huge reason why the Dolphins offense is even scoring as much and is even as explosive as it is. So Tyreek Hill, not too wild. Definitely top three for MVP. I don't know if he'll get it because he's a wide receiver, but he's up there. It's tough to get it for a wide receiver, but he up there. And I think, because uh, obviously it's Allen that hurts right now. Mahomes is probably up there too. But I think Tyreek Hill should, I think a couple of players are slipping back right now, Josh Allen. And I think Tyreek Hill, how he's playing, how consistent he's been throughout this whole entire season. Like you say, he's going to break records too. And the Dolphins are the most explosive offense, bro. In the NFL because of him and obviously because of Tua and Waddle, but because of him mostly. And I'm excited to see what they can do come playoff time. But I think Tyreek Hill should be top three in MVP for him. If it ain't him, Tua should damn sure be in it because they've won every game Tua played and have lost in every game that he has. 
So if he if Tyreek ain't in the MVP conversation, Tua should be. But somebody for the Dolphins should be in the conversation at least, my nigga, because they're doing a hell of a job over there. All right, moving on to the Bills are no longer the Super Bowl favorite. Too wild or not too wild? Uh, another not too wild. Like we just said, the Dolphins have a great shot. The Chiefs are still a well-oiled machine right now. The Chargers are still a sneaky team. Uh, they were my original pick to make the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season anyway, so I got them in the mix. Uh, and it was another team. It was another team that we talked about in the AFC, I think. Damn, I can't remember. But it's at least mm-hmm. three to four teams right now that can pose a huge threat to the Bills, so not too wild. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're the favorites, man. I would have, I would at least have the Chiefs over them as the as the favorite right now. Obviously, you got the Eagles as well as the in that conversation. But like we talked about at the the beginning of the episode, this shit is wide open, bro. We see a slippage from the the Bills that oh, they're not the world beaters like we expected them to be coming into the season. Oh, they can be beat. They're still beatable. Oh, they still have the same weaknesses from a season ago. People are still exploiting them. Josh Allen isn't playing as great. So I, I think the Bills, have they've, how they've been playing the last couple of weeks, then you add this injury to it with Josh Allen. So what? I don't know what's going to come from that. Is he going to miss games? Are they going to slide deeper in the AFC standings? Are they not going to have home field advantage come playoff time? All of that comes into question now when you talk about them being the Super Bowl favorite. So I would say not too wild, bro. Not too wild at all. Moving on. Josh McDaniels is done after this season in Las Vegas. Too wild or not too wild? I say not too wild. I think um, I think the situation with Derek Carr right now, Derek Carr could possibly not be a Raider this season. But who do you blame more? Who do you do you blame Derek Carr or Josh McDaniels more for what's been happening? Mm, I think it's a fair amount of blame on both. But I even if you blame Josh McDaniels, I think the Raiders are gonna be good pick-wise to where they could have some type of rebuild emerge. They traded all of that for Devontae. Damn, they did. Damn. Damn, they did. So I think Josh McDaniels will still say. <laughs> I, I think McDaniels will still be there. Cause I, I think with Derek Carr, he's just gonna walk, and then Josh McDaniels is just gonna have to make a shape with whatever he has after that. Didn't Derek but Carr just sign a contract extension? I don't think so. Not on sports, right? Hold on, let me go on sport rack oh. and see. I think I think after this season, he um he a free agent. Oh no, you're um, right. Yeah, he is a free agent at the well, nope. He just signed a three-year 121 million dollar deal in April. Hold yeah, on. April of 2022. It's got to be an option year or some shit. They said they have a potential out in 2023. If they release him, they would have 25 million in dead cap on their on their books. But they can release him. But he did just sign an extension in April. A three no, year. They only have five. They only have five on dead cap. Well, it's damn near six. I see one year 25. Okay, I see five million on deck. I see you. Yeah. Oh, so they can let him walk. They, they can, can let really him let him walk. They can let him walk. Damn, you're right. Damn, they could let him walk. That's what I'm saying. That's for honestly the only way to upgrade this team because, like you said, they have no draft pick. So you're not going to get the pick high enough to get a quarterback. So you got to go out in free agency. And what quarterbacks are going to be free agents this season? 
I don't even know. Do can you, can you potentially I upgrade? I don't know. All right, you moving could, on. Depending on what the Seahawks do, because I think the Seahawks have draft picks um from trading Get Russ. Gino? And I, I about to say, I told you, Gino. I don't think Gino is gonna be the answer for Seattle. He's doing great right now, but let's see how let um let Seattle find out Derek Carr want to walk or Derek Carr looking to um find a new destination. They're gonna make that swap, throw some extra picks for that. Derek Carr could be the quarterback of the Seahawks next season. You can see Gino in Oakland, not Oakland, in Las Vegas with Devontae Adams, Josh McDaniels still at head coach. That shit. That might be solid, bro. That might be solid. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think Derek Carr is still good, but this season he's been completely terrible. Is Geno Smith the guy? And you got Devontae Adams and Jer- uh, Derek Carr got that relationship. They went to college together. Best buds. Like, you just going to let that go? But if that shit ain't working, then, and, and what Derek Carr has been doing the last few years just hasn't produced anything, whether it's been his fault or not. Like, what do you do if you're the Raiders at this point? You do you just let them walk, or do you just keep trying to beat this same old horse? Like, beat this. I same think they're gonna horse? try. I don't know, cause like you said, it's a lot of blame to go around. I think Josh McDaniels is done after this season. I think they're just gonna try it again with a new coach. I think Derek Carr will stay, but it's to the point where we have to stop blaming everybody else except Derek Carr. Because I think he's been the biggest issue this season. I'm honestly, I'm, he would have the biggest slice of uh, blame pie if we were doing that, bro. I think he is the reason why they get Cam back on because he does so well in the first half. Even this week against damn Jaguars, they were up 17 shit. And then in the second half, he does nothing. He forgets he has Devontae Adams on his team. I mean, in the first half, bro, the nigga, Devontae Adams had nine receptions, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. What do you think he ended the game with? What, Nine receptions, 163 I was about to say, he had one more catch. The nigga didn't catch. have shit. The nigga didn't have shit in the second half because the nigga forgot Devontae Adams was on his team, bro. And that's on Derek Carr, not getting your playmakers the ball. When you see it work in the first half and you go away from it in the second, bro. That's on Derek Carr. Yeah, you can blame the coaches, bro, but that's Derek Carr, man. Nigga ain't getting his playmakers to rock, and that's the and, biggest and that's, issue this season. And that's why I said, like, and that's why it was hard for me to answer the question at first because you can – you could very well say that goes into the play calling, not just what Derek Carr is not executing, but what's he being given in his headset? What's he being told to run? And he could very well call audibles. Like Derek Carr is the franchise player. If that nigga want to call an audible at the line, I'm sure he can. He may mm-hmm. get cussed out on the sideline. But I, I think that's why I was hesitant to say whether or not Josh McDaniels is just done as well. Because if you let Derek Carr walk, and you let go of Josh McDaniels, McDaniels, Devontae, you have Devontae Adams basically in a dumpster fire at that point <laughs> because now you're fishing that bottom of the yeah. barrel almost for a head coach because there's no guarantee mm-hmm. head, the head coaching market is going to be all that next season. And then you don't have a quarterback and you don't have the picks because you got Devontae Adams. So mm-hmm. I think that Seahawks situation of that Derek Carr, Geno Smith swap, and throwing in whatever picks and maybe an extra player, of course, if um if you the Raiders, you asking Seattle for an extra player because that'll buy you time with Geno until you get that pick um selection that you want. So 
I think this is just like a flash in the pan season for Gino. I know he having a top five season. I think he's playing like a top five quarterback. But I don't think this goes into next oh, season. He, he may not play like thing. this next season. But That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think he plays like this next season. In he'll, a play decent, uh, he'll play decent enough to be a starter in the league and keep your organization afloat until you get your next quarterback. But that's a step back from Derek Carr, no? It is, but if the it don't it shouldn't matter the individual play at that point. Are you winning football games? Like mm. Geno Smith is a, a tier below Russell Wilson when you look at the total scope of things. But this season, who's producing more and who's winning more? Geno Smith. And who's playing better on top of it? He ain't got to play lights out because you got Kenneth Walker in the backfield and you got good play calling going on right now. I mean, yeah, the little the little shit of just executing it matters. But Geno Smith is playing better than Russ. So we could say the same shit if they did a swap. We might see mm. Geno Smith performing better than Derek Carr than Derek Carr has in the last two years um, with the Raiders. So I think it could be a situation where it works for both. Derek Carr going to a place where he has multiple weapons, not just one in Devontae Adams. He'll, he'll still have, what, two to three weapons and a run game still. So mm. I think that could work for both teams. All right, and moving on to social media wants to know what is a corny or bad movie that you love growing up, bro? Yeah, bro. So I pose this question because I see people talking, um, especially the last few days, I've seen people talking about shows and movies that they've watched that they knew it was bad, but they just fuck with it, either for <laughs> nostalgia purposes or just because they it just hooked on to them for some reason. Mm -hmm. A bad movie, I can't even say bad. I'll use corny. That's why I put corny slash bad. High School Musical, bro. That shit corny as hell, but I could Whoa! watch that shit. It's corny now, but back then? Nigga, back then was, it was that, fire. That was life. That was life. Yeah, yeah, back man. then it was fire. But obviously when you grow up, you'd be like, damn, this nah, shit No, bro, I'm not hell. letting you get that one off, bro. I'm not letting you get that off as corny, Oh, bro. no, I, that I, shit was, I love High School Musical. I, I know that shit great. corny, though. That, that was corny. great. The, the songs were fire. The plot was fire. It was just corny as hell. The acting was corny what as shit. Made it corny. What made it corny? It was just... Like, That's like man, saying no Cheetah Girls was corny, corny my nigga. Well, that shit was fire. That shit too fire nah, to nah, be corny, cheetah, my nigga. Cheetah, cheetah girl, that cheetah shit was too corny. fire to be corny. Cheetah, what cheetah Girls about? weren't corny. Hell no. Nah, nah. So why the fuck is happening with musical corny? Another one. Um, Goddamn uh, uh, argument we have all the time of... um. You got served, whether it's a classic or not. Corny ass movie. That, that shit was I, fire though. Nigga, that, that was life. Was that was an excellent that shit was movie. Corny. That was that movie, movie was corny as hell. That was an excellent movie. That fake that ass drug pen and shit. <laughs> that was, that was an excellent movie, bro. That was an excellent movie. I think uh damn, what would I have for this, bro? My nigga B Rad G. I would have Malibu's most wanted <laughs> as my, my my corny slash bad movie that I love growing up. That shit is a classic. That was a classic movie. This shit is terrible, bro. That shit not you talk about corny shit. That's the definition of corn, bro. But that shit is hilarious <laughs> to this day. That's one of the most funny films I've ever seen in my life, bro. What's well, so another one, bro? Goddamn. Um, and if you could think of shows too, you can name shows. But I just saw people talking about movies. Um. Damn. New Girl. Yeah. New Girl is a corny ass show, <laughs> but my, I could not stop watching New Girl. I, I stopped watching around like season seven because it was like, all right, niggas was starting to get married. It was like, I'm starting to predict too much shit. But the first six, <laughs> six seasons of New Girl, I was hooked. That show was corny as shit, but I was hooked. New Girl is one Damn. of them shows for me, bro. 
Air Bud. Air Bud was a terrible ass. Movie. I didn't even like Air Bud, period. Bro, I didn't like Air Bud. It's like, it's funny as hell because it's like, this dog really doing these niggas. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, once you get older, it's like, why is a dog playing the sport right now? Why are these, yeah. it was, and bro, the football went, I was done with the football. <laughs> bro, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way this nigga running routes. They had boy no, that, that's why I said I never liked Air Bud growing up. I never liked Air Bud. It was like, wow, it just why didn't make sense. Like the movie yeah, did not make why, sense at all. Why would I fuck with this shit, bro? It's more. It's some more movies in my head. I'm just not thinking about this shit. Def- definitely a movie you should watch if if you're a sports fan and you've never seen Air Bud, any of them, the baseball one, oh, no. the basketball, football. You should definitely watch one of them. It's at least a good laugh. Don't watch it to actually watch a good movie. <laughs> just watch it for a good laugh. Damn, bro. Damn, I feel like so. I think Soul Plane is up there in that conversation too. Of like yeah, Soul Plane up there. But it was. Yeah, I don't know movie. if we love Soul Plane or if Soul Plane was just in our face all the goddamn time. So we just ended up fucking with it because we seen it so much. I I think why we love Soul Plane so much. It was so black. It was such it a was. black movie it was. that it's like we fucked <laughs> with it because it was so relatable and it was so funny to black people and black yeah. culture. But the yeah. movie was bad. And, and people get on bad. Kevin Hart about that all the time. That movie was bad <laughs> as hell. It's a classic in the hood. It's a classic. But that shit it's a classic. Was, that shit was bad. Yeah. Damn. That shit was bad. It's a lot of it's probably a lot of black movies that niggas will bring up in this conversation. Like, yeah, probably that one, like probably that. that one, probably this one. But it's like no, nah, but definitely so playing, bro. That's the one that I honestly pops in my mind. Damn. Damn, I don't know any shows, any like corny or bad shows. Living Life with Derek, that was a ooh, I, that show was. What not was that? Who was good. that? Who was that with? Who was that with? That was Disney Channel. Remember, um, the oldest brother was Derek. He was the dumb nigga that um. He was dumb. He was like a bully in the house or whatever. And he had the second oldest sibling. Her name was Carmen or something like that. She always got in arguments with that. Bro, terrible ass show. I'm sure it's on <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> Bro, go to Disney Plus one day and just type in Life with Derek or Living Life with Derek. You gonna start watching that shit first 10, 15 minutes. You'll be like, this shit bad. But I just kept yeah. watching it because it was just funny how bad it was. So. Mm-hmm. Damn. It was like five siblings, I think. Because you had Derek, the second oldest, and then you had the two middle kids, and then you had the youngest. Lame ass. Damn. <laughs> All right, man. Moving on to entertainment and current events. We got the baby offering BOGO tickets for his concerts. Is he yeah, done? Man. Yeah, that's that's um that's something we need to talk about right now. Is the baby actually cancel i know we talk all the time and say cancel culture ain't really real because people always gonna have their fans people always still gonna get money in some type of way which he is still doing but bro the venue can only the venue that he has right now for this alabama show in birmingham it's a capacity of 1300 so you would think it's only 1300 people coming in here i need to get as much money as i can you doing bogos for 1300 people that shit wild, bro. Especially and I fuck for, with the baby. That's yeah. wild. I don't fuck with the baby, but when you talk about a nigga was selling, like, wasn't that two years ago? When did Bop drop? Did Bop drop in three years ago? Was that 2019? Three years ago. Three years ago. Bop, when Bop, that album with Bop in it, that that had, that sold 220,000 first week. He was one of the biggest artists in the world three years ago. 
He had two albums back to back where he would drop 200,000. Now you see his numbers for this past album that he just dropped. I mean, he could barely sell 22, bro. So you could just tell, like, in three-year difference, so much has happened in between that time, obviously. But it's like something has to be going on. Is the music getting stale on people? Or are people just really blackballing him? I don't know. I think it could be the blackball thing, mostly. Because everybody's seen that bullshit with him and Danny Danny Lee and everything else that's been going on. I think people are moving away from it. I don't think it's the music, because a lot of people say he sound the same on every song. It's a lot of artists that sound the same on every damn song. song And people, I about to say Lil Baby sound the same on every song. Young Boy sound the same on every song. Like Drake sounds the same on every song. Like we can't use that excuse because we listen whoa, to whoa, a lot of whoa. still sound the same. Slow down. You said the goat's name in that conversation. Slow down. Drake don't sound I mean, the same on every time. Uh, yeah. there, there's a there's a good amount of songs you could say Drake sounds the same on. Not taking nothing away from him, but there he's he in the, that he dropped the dance album, bro. You can't say he did that. I mean, <laughs> excluding that, we know we know Drake's sound is what I'm trying yeah, to right. say. Yuffie, 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 yuffie. But yeah, and, but this is what I wanted to say about the baby. I feel like there is a certain a certain time when in every rap rapper's career, especially when you hop in, when you on top of the world. I think La Baby, La Baby is feeling it right now, where everybody loves you. But something always turns, whether it's fans, whether it's music grows stale, where they just try to turn on you, bro, and they don't fuck with you as much. And I think it's a time period where when Meg came on, everybody loved her. But even her fans are starting to die out now. When the baby was selling 200000 uh, uh on his first week, everybody was loving it when uh, Bop dropped. Now we see three years later, it ain't the same. We see that in so many people's career, how you have a moment you have to capitalize on. You don't know how long that moment is going to last. It could be a, a couple of months. It could be three years. But we see for the baby in that three-year span, he went from 200000 in one week or, yeah, one week to 2000 or 22000 So you really got to take advantage of your moments because it happens to everybody, whether it's something that happens in the optic world, or politics, or something that you get caught up in, some bullshit, or if you, you know, people just get tired of your sound, you just got to capitalize on the moments that you are hot. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what that's the biggest takeaway from what the baby is going through right now. Because a lot of people are having their moment and they think the moment going to last forever. When honestly, the um, uh, baby should show you like this shit don't last forever. Take advantage of when you on top because you don't know how long this shit going to last. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he can bounce back from this, bro. And what bro, what what were people saying for this last the baby or love baby album? Everybody was like, "Damn, La Baby yeah, sound was, the same. La Baby sound the same. La Baby." It was a lot La of baby. people saying this album was mid. Like they're saying that's this what album I'm saying. So mid, you see bro. how to you see how somebody who was consensually loved by everybody, like Lil Baby, people are starting to turn on him now. Damn, he's starting to sound the same. Oh, his album was mid. La Baby, you need to capitalize on this moment that you have at number one because you don't know how long it is going to last because you are number one right now. But as you can see with Lil Baby or the Baby. You can be right there at selling 22 in a couple of years because niggas tired of what you're talking about. So take advantage of these moments, bro. And, and to your point of the Drake thing, I know I said there's a lot of music where he does sound the same, but don't get it twisted, y'all. We all know Drake has a bunch of different sounds. He'll sound Jamaican on one song. He'll he'll hit <laughs> he you with hardcore. Okay. I was say he'll hit you with hardcore <laughs> raps the next song. He'll give you the singing Drake next song. So he has different sounds, but ultimately Drake has 
a sound. He has a sound. He has a sound for sure. But are you gonna get in that lane? Wayne learned to adapt. Like Wayne understood the era of hip hop that was coming after his reign was ending. It was like it, it ain't just about bars no more. It ain't just about giving you hard ass hooks and all this. Now it's just about vibing on the beat and like really giving you some cool shit to vibe to. And we mm. see Wayne do that a lot now with young artists that he makes songs with. You hear Wayne, his verses probably don't even really make sense no more now, but he makes sure the flow good and he makes sure whatever he does say sticks with you. Mm. And I think that's a type of that's the type of skill you have to have as you grow as an artist. So like Quincy said, with Lil Baby right now, everybody love Baby. But right now we see it getting a little shaky. A lot of people saying you falling off. A lot of people saying, yo, this album, me, it ain't as good as my turn. I think my turn for him is going to be the album that we hold every album he makes up to at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and that's hard because when you have a great album, like a timeless album, Everything you make after that, people are going to say isn't as good as that. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything you made. With Kendrick. To Pimp a Butterfly dropped, no album he's made since then, people will put above To Pimp a Butterfly. Like mm-hmm. J. Cole, like 2014 Forest Hills Drive, nothing he will make or has made since then will ever top that. Like, And it's not to say what he's make, these people are making are not good. It's just... It's just you reached that peak when it came to your content, and we mm-hmm. didn't know that was your peak. So mm-hmm. that, I think that's what little what little baby is going through. But the yeah. baby, I don't know. The baby could come out with an apology, or the baby could stay quiet long enough over the next one or two years, and he might get back on top. Or we I may forgot never why we was even mad at him, bro. Like, why niggas was crazy? That's what I'm that's saying. Why I posed the question? I forgot yeah. why we was mad at bro. <laughs> I like I said, that's what happened now. though. When niggas stop fucking with you, we stop fucking with you completely. We don't even know what we mad at you, mad at you about. Okay, oh, you, I, th- I think it was because um he teamed up with Tory. He teamed up with Tory, and Meg took that as a slap in the face because he was cool with Meg. So when Meg seen he was teaming up with Tory, making music with him, and then on top of that, he started like yapping at her boyfriend now and shit like that. Like it caused the whole mm. beef with the baby and Meg, and you know everybody love Meg right now. Every Meg is the person in hip hop culture right now, the woman in hip hop culture that everybody loves, everybody's protecting right now. So if you go against Meg, you're going against everybody on Twitter, you're going against everybody on Instagram, mm. everybody on social media. So yeah. when the baby did that and made it clear, hey, I'm cool with this nigga, I want to make music with this nigga, I don't care what situation you had with him, like. It was kind of a middle finger to Meg, so everybody else gave a middle finger to the baby. So. Mm. All right, moving on. Black company trademarks white lives matter. Yeah, so uh, two guys by the name of Ja Ramses and I want to say this other dude's name is Quentin Ward of Civic Cipher. The, the business is called Civic Cipher. Revealed that they got the idea to obtain ownership of the White Lives Matter phrase after a listener of their radio show gave them the idea. Josh said, you can prevent bad things from happening by owning it. You can shape the outcomes. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get into a partnership with the NAACP and um, transfer the rights of the ownership to White Lives Matter to them and the, or the Anti-Defamation League. So that way, no hate group out there in the world will be able to use White Lives Matter. It will already be trademarked and owned 
quote unquote by black people or by anti hate organizations to where that phrase can never be used. Oh wow! So so I I thought that was cool. What? So that's a th- I didn't know that was a thing though. I didn't because <laughs> because why I was surprised I'm surprised why white people didn't do that with Black Lives Matter. Why didn't they make that a trademark so we couldn't say it? We probably did it quick as hell. They white people probably ain't give a fuck because they're, I'm saying like, they they saying the White Lives Matter like we just took that shit. I'm like damn if, because black people could have or white people could have did this this whole time with Black Lives Matter or they probably could have. We probably just did it first. I didn't know that was a thing that you can just trademark some shit, so you cannot say it anymore. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So Jews probably, oh wow, anti-Semitic is all about Jews. So if you say that shit, you can, I don't know, you can compensate it. Well, I, I mean, know. I'm sure, I'm sure you can say it, but like putting, making shirts that say it and this, that, and the third, you could possibly catch legal trouble for that or whatever. So. Mm. But I, I, don't I, know. I, I think, I think, I think it was just a a, a moment thing with Kanye. I don't think a lot of people believe the shit that Kanye was spewing. I don't think a lot of people are back in the movement. That's probably why it was so easy to trademark that a black company probably. would just, oh, and got that shit. Because <laughs> nobody really cared. It was like, like we always say, niggas is getting tired of Kanye. Niggas is rolling their eyes with Kanye. Yeah, we've seen the White Lives Matter, but we forgot about the shit the next day. That, that was what the shit was. So it was like, okay, it trademarked it. Cool. Nobody probably was going to say that shit again anyway, unless Kanye brought it back. <laughs> I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the Powerball. Uh yeah, so let me find out what city the Powerball winner was in. He was he or she was in California after finally getting to two billion um over the last what couple months now. So it says right here on CNN, a loan winning ticket for the record two point four zero four billion dollar Powerball was sold in Altadena, California, and making the lucky ticket holder the winner of the largest lottery prize ever. And the ticket was sold at Joe's Service Center in um in the Altadena, California area. So I just wanted to talk about this because I'm like, bruh, two bills. I'm gonna say take it out for taxes though. They taking out what? I I think when it was at one point nine, taking out forty. No, when it was at one point nine, I think they said the person would get nine hundred million. At one so at, did you say billion? One point nine billion, and he would get nine hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're taking so, so since it's at, yeah, I'm about to say so now More since it's half. at 2.04, now they're probably gonna take half. So damn. That's still crazy. 900 million. You ain't you ain't gotta worry about shit, bro. Somebody asked me this question, I feel like earlier this week, bro. Like what I would do if I was to like win the Powerball or some shit like that or the lottery. And not even somebody who's like big in that type of shit, but boy. You would not hear from me ever again, my nigga. You wouldn't even I'm know I won the, the lottery. I'm, I'm going, going off the, the grid. grid. Like, I, I wouldn't even want my name in news articles for real. I'm mad. If, if I was this nigga, I would be mad as shit. Now you letting niggas know where I'm at, who I, I think, am. Um, I'm like, damn. I think in certain states, I think you have to let it be known. Mm. Like, I think, I think, I think you have to tell certain states because I think Florida, like, let's say I won or you won, since we live in Florida, like, we have to notify them what our name is. So, I'm moving. To I don't Wyoming. know if all states are like that, though. I'm moving to Wyoming. Man, going this year. First, yeah, first thing crazy. I'm doing, I'm texting Malcolm immediately. For those of y'all who don't know, Malcolm Butler is one of our closest friends. <laughs> I'm texting Malcolm immediately. Hey, bro, how you do this shit? How you be off the grid? Because Malcolm's <laughs> always off the grid. <laughs> 
You don't even know my nigga in Iowa right now chilling. I didn't even know where he was. I thought he was in some shit. Oh, my God. My nigga might be chilling. That man in the middle of Iowa off the grid. <laughs> Most of my dog got is a YouTube page, and his search bar is very slim. Search bar is very slim. He just hit the videos that pop up. He don't even search. That's real it. shit, bro. That's real shit, bro. That's Can't leave no is. trace. <laughs> All right, baby. Moving on to Pass the Ox. Man, y'all already know what we're talking about this week for Pass the Ox. Her oh, loss sure. by Drake in 21, bro. The biggest, the biggest album that dropped. And honestly. This was the best Drake project I've heard since Views, dog. This was the best project I've heard since Views. This was an album that obviously we wanted, but honestly, never mind. But Drake giving us this type of quality in 21, just complimenting that soul seamlessly, bro. This is a beautiful project, dog. It's a couple, it it's only a couple of skips on this joint. And it was 16 songs. It's only a couple of skips. But this was a masterpiece was of a project. The only songs I'm skipping are Circo Loco. I'm skipping every time. You skipping Circo Loco? Yeah, I'm skipping bro. Jumbotron. I don't fuck with the beat. I don't fuck with the beat. That that Jumbotron shit popping. I'm skipping that. Jumbotron and... grew on me, bro. That shit grew on me, bro. I didn't. You know what song grew on me? You know a song growing me back outside, boys. That's when I first played it, I went fucking with back outside, boy. But when I kept listening, I was like, yeah, that, that hook, that hook got yes, me. Yes, bro. Yeah, <laughs> with little with little yachty in the background with the ad-libs, I was like, yeah, that's bro. That shit is fire, bro. This is a top. Ooh, is this a top three Drake project, dog? Top three. Is this a top three Drake project? No, it could be top five. This is the thing, bro, because we said that same shit about uh certified lover boy, and this was a way better project than certified oh, yeah, this, lover boy. This tops this top certified lover boy. I gotta go through this. I will have take care. Nothing was the same. I love views, so views obviously in my top three. This is probably four, bro. This is above what a time to be live. This is above what a time to be live. If I'm keeping it a B. If I'm keeping it, nah, bro, this was nah, better than what, no, bro, this nah. is better than what a time to be alive, dog. No, this is better no. than what a time. Yes, no, it was, dog. No, 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 no. Yes, no, it was, bro. No. The thing about what a time to be alive, what a time to be alive was a moment. And that's why niggas remember it so vividly in the summer that came with it. But this project is better. This project is nah. better than what a time to be alive. I, I, I can't give you that. I promise you it is, dog. My top five. Is thank me later. I ain't I ain't finna go on order. I'm just finna name them. But I got yeah. thank me later. Nothing was the same. Take care. That's my top three. And then at four, I got um. I'll probably have views five. What a time to be alive. And then I'll have her loss at six. So it could you could interchange. You could probably interchange what a time to be alive and her loss. But I have it behind what a time to be alive. And then I, I have cert- four. I have certified lover boy. Under um, her loss, this was a top four Drake. Like th- this is what this is why I was so excited and why I was so pleasantly surprised by this album because we haven't heard Drake really sound like this because in a certain uh, 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 some songs like uh, "Middle of the Ocean" and um, oh, yeah. "Hours of Silence," 
Those type of songs, bro, that sounded like 2016 Drake, and we haven't heard that type of Drake since 2016. That's why it felt so majestic when we heard you hear him just float on a track like that, dog. It just felt so majestic and so vintage Drake. And I think that's what this album really holds. Like I said, 21 was complimented on this project. He did great in his roles and all his verses, but Drake was obviously the biggest takeaway. And those songs, like, Middle of the Ocean and uh, Hours of Silence were like, okay, this is like, it feel like an old Drake. This feel like I'm back in 2016 or 2013. Right. It felt like that old type of Drake. And that's what I've been missing, bro. That's what I've been missing from Drake. And, and, and he, he, talked, to me. he was talking his shit. He was talking his shit on a lot of tough beats. Like, I, I love that. I love when Drake talking. It's two Drakes that I think are undefeated. When Drake just talking on the track, like them damn Middle of the Ocean tracks, nobody is chopping that nigga when he just on the nah. beat talking yeah and then when he when he when he's not the nice guy like when he really said i'm gonna go in on you niggas like <laughs> those two drakes are two different tier drakes <laughs> it's we really start that we have to have a conversation about who has a better pen than drake bro who has a better when you talk about the double entendres it's only probably one nigga that got a better pen when you talk about double entendre triple entendre and that's probably jay-z other than that Drake is right there in terms of the double odds and who got a better pen. Drake got a pen. I don't care. Do niggas still do niggas still write for Drake anymore? Yeah. Still. I'll still get yeah, that nigga all the credit. I think Yachty got um Yachty, Yachty got, got credit on this. He got writing credits on um Circle Loco and one other song. But that um, I'm talking about the middle of the ocean them type tracks. When those really tracks, I'm I'm sure he he's those. writing most of that. Yeah, yeah, he wrote yeah. those. That's what I'm saying. Then who got a better pen than Drake? Other than Jay. Other than Jay, bro. Who got a better pen? I'm not talking about storytelling and all that other bullshit I y'all love to bring up. Who has a better pen that I can really bar you up? If this was a hip-hop battle, I can really bar you up for it. Drake can bar niggas up and has barred niggas up for the past 13 years. The argument that People will throw Kendrick and J. Cole in the argument, but like you said, they don't got better pins, bro. They're better at storytelling, conceptual albums. They don't have better pins, though. Okay, I give you that. I give you that. Kendrick is up there. Kendrick, Kendrick is up there. I don't want to disregard Kendrick because that nigga pin is tough. But Dwayne, J. Kendrick, they yeah. Yeah, I mean are, he's up there. That's the he's four. That's the Mount Rushmore of the pin. It's probably Wayne, Jay, Drake, and Kendrick. The top four of the pin. I promise you, that's the top four. That's the top four of the pin, bro. Who have the best pins? I turn the double entendres. That's the. Bro, I'm telling you. Still, and we see Wayne again on this triple project. and quadruple entendres. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Jay Z is on a different level. Jay Z is the go to that shit. Honestly, and Wayne the go to that shit. Them, them niggas be giving you triple. You got to replay the bar back because they'll say like <laughs> four or five things. That one you'd be like, damn, wait, I was trying to catch the other shit. <laughs> Man, this was a masterful Drake album, dog. I was so happy because I didn't know what to expect with this album, especially coming off Honestly Nevermind. I was thinking we was going to get a lot of Jimmy Cooks type tracks. And I'm going to keep it a being with y'all. I listened to Honestly Nevermind one time and I never spin that shit again. Never spun that shit again. Never listened to it. Obviously, you hear them tracks on uh, Instagram it, and the social media. I never listened to that project after the first time. I was like, fuck, this is a hot topic-ass album. But this is the album I wanted, Drake. It, this was the album I honestly, wanted. Honestly, Nevermind wasn't good, 
but it's like two or three songs on there. Like that's that a bottom like. tier Drake. That's like the worst Drake project. Yeah, it's the it's the worst album he's ever dropped. But because I got his like two his, or three his albums are so high, I listen to massive sticky. Massive Sticky, I'm not excluding Jimmy Cooks. We know Jimmy mm-hmm. Cooks is the best song on the damn album. Mm-hmm. Massive Sticky and Falling Back on Me. Falling Back on Me had to grow on me because the way he was harmonizing the whole time. <laughs> but like, if you just if you just like this and you just vibing yeah. in the shower or some shit, like you'd be like, Falling Back. Like you'd be like, hey, I'm sick of this yeah. shit. I ain't even need to say this shit. But then but the, the three big- songs, other than that, I ain't fucking with it. <laughs> but the biggest takeaway from this album for a lot of people was the Meg the Stallion bar and Circle Locum. And Drake can say whatever he wants to about it was a double line. It wasn't a shot at her. It was a shot at her. But it was a nice ass shot because we can we can hide it as a double entendre. But it was a shot at Meg the Stallion. It was. And it was funny. But this shows you how Drake is the GOAT. Because I bet money, them same niggas that's mad as shit at Drake. Still spinning this album because that nigga is oh, yeah, Drake. For sure. And niggas is that's why I be telling you niggas be fake mad, bro. Cause they, they be mad fake at Drake mad over that bar. All they the mad time. at Drake over that bar. But y'all finna spin this nigga album to the death. So what's the point of getting mad if you still gonna play this album? You probably still gonna play that track. Cause that was the bar, honestly. What, what did he say? Uh she's still bitch getting, shots. By getting shots. He said this bitch lying by getting shots, but she's still a stallion. That's a bar. She ain't even get the joke, but she's still smiling. That's a fucking bar, bro. Cause like you said, he can hide it with the ass shots on Tondra. But everybody knows it's the Mag the Stallion. We still don't know. Allegedly, she got shot by Tory Lanez or she got shot, but we don't know by who. So it's like this is tough as fuck. I can't be mad at Drake. Everybody talking about I can't play this album anymore. Cap. And you still playing and this now, shit. and people and people do this. Anyway, um, people go go in, but like I told you, bro, like, and this ain't her fault, but Megan is like the golden child of hip hop culture right now. Like, she's not doing anything wrong, she's not saying anything wrong, and she she is the person in the Tory Lane situation who was allegedly shot. So Meg is giving people the mindset of if you don't fuck with me, you don't fuck with the protection of black women. And people are hopping on Drake's head saying, You don't, you not for black women, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, it was a bar. Like, why are niggas so upset? Like, it, it was a it bar. Even, he was going at everybody's neck. And it was I mean, a Serena. Joke. Like, it yeah. wasn't even that serious. Like, it, it, I don't yeah. think it was that serious. Like, because people thing- are saying, How are you making fun of somebody that got shot? And it's like, We still don't know. I think people are forgetting the fact we still fully don't know what happened and we're still waiting to see the ruling on that because how long ago did that happen bro bro that happened in covid like that happened two years ago damn near three because we finna be in 2023 ain't no decision made yet the the thing is some she did get shot but people are questioning by who because there was gunpowder residue on the seat but niggas is questioning who shot her everybody's not people were saying People were saying her her foot had glass shattered glass and it wasn't it. really a bullet. And people were saying the fact of you were just twerking like that next week on stage, but you got shot in the foot. And that's why I say I don't think it's cool that rappers or anybody are just completely taking sides because we don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, you can pick a side if you want to, but just know you're picking a side in a situation that nobody knows the answer to at the moment. The only people that know what happened that night are Meg and Tori, and they mm. both feel like they need to stand up for themselves. So yeah, I, I don't know, but are we in a time right now where you you just have to be so careful with your words? Like I feel like I'm glad Drake right did now, this. 
I'm glad That's he what did I'm it. saying. Like, like, I'm glad I, he did it. Like, and people, some people are saying in the comments, man, get in the booth, get in the booth with Pusha T and drop a diss on this nigga. Like, <laughs> you going to Twitter complaining and like just snapping on niggas, like, okay, get in the booth. Like, and I'm big on Meg. Like, I tell people all the time, I've been telling you all year, Meg got one of the best rap projects to me this year. Like, and she's one of the best women rappers since Nicki Minaj. Like, get in the booth, talk your shit back. Niggas say Drake got liposuction. Go in the booth and talk about that shit. Talk about his baby mama being a porn star or some shit. Like, go in on him. Like, and talk I think about that's Ice what, Spice potentially being his baby mama. I don't know. It's a thing. I think that's what people. I think that's what Drake wants, bro. And I think that's what older hip hop heads like him and and other people who just do shit like they want people. They want the competition. And I think we're at a time right now where everybody in rap just wants to be so buddy buddy that we're forgetting. Like, this is a competitive sport still at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Niggas can watch the URL and watch battle rap when niggas talking about each other, kids and baby mamas, but this is where y'all <laughs> want to have a moral sense. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, that shit crazy, bro. That shit crazy. Like I said, I don't really play that song anyway. I don't really fuck with the beat, but like I said, I don't have no problem with the bar. And even if I did have a problem with it, I'm still spinning it because it's Drake. So it's like, like I said, he's a goat, bro. If anybody else said this shit, I can see how their whole project gets like killed because of it, but it's Drake, bro. Drake could say anything. Drake is untouchable at this point, bro. Figuratively, he's he's untouchable. And and Vogue is um suing him and Twenty One Savage. Yeah, for I seen that. The petty, the petty ass amount of four million dollars because they posted like on their press tour before the mm-hmm. album dropped, they were dropping fake Vogue covers. They did a fake Tiny Desk video. I thought that shit was going to be real. I was going to be like, damn, this might be one of the best Tiny, this might be one of the best Tiny Desk videos ever. Yeah. That shit was fake. Thank but Vogue is suing them when they really could have just, like, fed into it and partnered with them for real. Like, mm-hmm. it, I don't think that helps Vogue at all, especially if, it, if it's the amount of $4 million. Like, Draco yeah. probably send that shit to you and be like, that's all? Here you go. Like 21 too. 21 will probably be like, man, that's that's fool ass money. Don't <laughs> yeah, man. I ain't had no problem with that shit. But like I said, bro, just going back to the project, tremendous project. Let me what give your favorite tracks from the project. Give your top five tracks from the project. Top five. Um mm-hmm. hours in silence, middle of the ocean. Uh where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Broke boys. Broke boys is fire. Uh Spam about you, and I guess it's fuck me. Damn, bro. I got pussy in millions. Uh, middle of the ocean. Privileged rappers grew on me too, bro. Privileged rappers Ooh. be sliding. Privileged rappers be sliding. Privileged rappers goes, dog. Privileged rappers go. So I, have to I, say, I gotta I gotta put privileged rappers over. I guess it's fuck me. This nigga put I gotta put privileged rappers got over their that. favorite tracks. This nigga put this whole nah, thing. <laughs> I, I gotta take I guess it's fuck me out and put privileged rappers in that. Privileged rappers goes, bro. That shit goes. Spin about you was a fucking hit. Mm-hmm. Hours in silence is a hit. Like I said, that song gave you old Drake. This whole fucking project gave you old Drake vibes. That's what I love about it, bro. And 21 was giving you bars too. I'm I honestly to round out my 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 like top five or six, I would probably say Jumbotron, bro. I probably would say Jumbotron is in my top five or six. Because that shit go, that shit grew on me, bro. At first, I was like, it's some Playboy Cardi shit he trying to do. 
But the more I listen to it, the more I fuck with this shit. Like, and you hear, and you hear thug in the background. Do you not hear a thug in the yeah, background? Like, the I, I saw shit. somebody, I saw somebody tweet that and say, "Bro, thug was supposed to walk this beat, bro." And yeah. I'm like, "Damn, bro, he did my dog a lot, dog." He was because you hear him, it. and you hear thug in the background. You hear like his him actually talking in the background, and then you hear uh, Cardi with like the little ping or what sound or whatever. But yeah, that was that was some dope shit. I fuck with Jumbotron, so that'd be my car top five or six, man. But what would but be your song of the week though? Shout out to um before I get my song of the week. Shout out to Twenty One Savage with that three a.m. on Glenwood. That's I don't know song. if that was Drake passing the torch it for Twenty One to start doing that shit now, mm-hmm. but I don't think we heard a pen like that from Twenty One in his nope. career, bro. Nope. Like that's probably the the most well written Twenty One Savage song I've ever heard. So if that is a passing of the torch of this is who we finna hit these timestamp songs from now. I, I got so much looking forward to do with that because that and it's and it's fire. something that like you said everybody like we talked about earlier everybody has their moment. What are you mm-hmm. going to do to separate yourself and say like oh this is how I can continue my career? This can be something for twenty one. Was like I can hop into this this love song back. I can hop into like oh I really showing people my bars now with the slower tracks. Everything doesn't have to be high paced while I'm rapping about killing shit. I can really be talking about some real shit over some calm ass beat like. That's some shit that he can really transition to. And the niggas is cool with. Niggas, was, that shit was fire. So, definitely. I agree. Uh, song of the week for me, though, I got to go with Hours in Silence. Like Quincy said, that shit just reminded you back when you was everybody was vibing to Drake. That gave a Drake vibe, bro. It really did. That shit crazy. Give me Pussy and Millions. Pussy and Millions been on my replay shit. Heavy. So, I'm going to do Pussy and Millions. Uh, shout out to Trav. And, uh, I'm about to say, we, we need another Trav album, bro. When is Euphoria dropping, bro? Euphoria? Not that's Euphoria. A, that's the name bro. of the album? Utopia. Utopia. It's supposed to be Utopia. Oh, oh okay. I don't know. Yeah. Because he, he been talking about Utopia for like Because this is the first time we've heard now. him since like the the yeah. Astroworld incident? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. At least in, at least on a big song anyway. I'm, I don't know if he's been on any other shit. But yeah. yeah. Damn. Shout out, man. This is a magnificent album, bro. Shout out to Drake. Moving on to movie and show reviews, bro. What we got coming up? Uh, We're going to do a horror recap for y'all on talking about some of the biggest horror films this year. Uh, We're going to throw Smile in there, Barbarian, uh, Don't Worry, Darling. All of those Uh, are on HBO, too. Or Don't Worry, Darling and Barbarian are all on HBO Max. Facts. Um, We did all the She-Hulk, so please go review our She-Hulk reviews and reactions. Uh, Raising Canaan, we got to do a full season review for that of black panther wakanda forever comes out this weekend bro it does comes out this weekend we gotta do a reaction for that bro we got to that's a that's a movie i might have to go see twice and i'm going to see it on thursday we in a time period now where you don't really even have to go to the movies to see a movie twice because they put shit on streaming services so quick but it's certain movies that I just support at the box office like that that I'll go see twice. This is a movie I'm going to see twice, bro. Even if I got to cry two times during that funeral scene, I'm going to go hey, see that shit twice. Shout I out my nigga, man. R.I.P. Chat, bro. R.I.P. Chat. Well, yeah, we, you know we in that bit Thursday. We in that bit Thursday. Definitely got to see that. Be one of the first showings. I'm excited to see that shit, too. Because sure. we already talked about like the plot a little bit and how we think it's going to turn out. So I already figured that. I, I think they still finna go. They yeah, finna we ain't yeah. And I, I don't know if you saw me on Twitter, but like last week or the week before, I was mad as fuck because I'm like, why are y'all showing us so many clips from the movie? 
And my coworker Nick, he was like, bro, don't worry, bro. They a do that, that every shit, time. A lot of that shit probably ain't even finna be in the movie or it seems yeah. they cut out of the movie and shit. And even if it is, you can't tell which one is really gonna be in the movie. So you still gonna be surprised. So. And I said that same shit with us, Spider-Man No Way Home, and they still threw hella shit in there that wasn't in the trailer. So yeah, Marvel, they always do that shit where it looks like a lot when it's really nothing. It's, they gonna show you all that shit at the beginning of the movie where the whole back half of the movie, they exactly. show you nothing. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm still ready for that motherfucking shit. So definitely excited. R.I.P. Chadwick. I honestly think it's going to be multiple Black Panthers. So I don't think it's just going to be Shuri. Probably. I think somebody yep. else will be Black Panther too. I think they've already showed us because of the skinny Black Panther shit that we keep seeing in the trailer. But I think it's going to be multiple Black Panthers. I really do. All right. We appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Q&E podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And feel free to listen to us anytime on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Submit all questions and inquiries to Q&E Podcast at gmail.com.